Oh my gosh. It's Hotline League episode 151. And uh, we have a special episode today because we lost one friend. But we've gained or returned another. We'll get to him in just a second. But first, my constant co-host, Mark Zimmerman. How's it going, Mark? It's going... Okay. That was exciting. Yeah, I didn't know. Were I'm gonna, really glad that gonna, I came back to were, this. I, uh, were you going to go anywhere with that? I started working on the picture for my tweet. Um, In the middle I, of the I, sentence, I, you started a sentence and then just stopped it so that you could figure no, out what I was what the already tweet. working on the picture for the tweet, but that was as much mental capacity I could uh, it just you know, crashed. allocate. Yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> System I, I overload. I had one Mark bit was, dedicated to that intro, and it. Mark was trying to multitask, and just it all fell apart. Uh, I finished Rhythm of War and Mistborn, the first book uh, this week. Actually, finished both of them. <laughs> it's such a weird, weird approach to reading. Brandon Sanderson stuff is to. Both. Well, I, I have been reading Mistborn on and off for a while, and then Rhythm mm -hmm. of War came out, and I just binged that, and then I was there's only a little bit left in Mistborn anyway, so I just finished both. Nice. Well, glad to have you back. Oh, wait, I have a... Hang on, I'll set it up in a second. But uh, c returning to the show after a, what, a 50-episode drought? Were you on? I know we did. We had you on for episode 100 when we had Peter on, but I yeah. don't know if we've had you on since then. I was I was on since then, I think, maybe. Okay. But it's, pr it's probably pretty close to that. It's been, yeah, probably close to a year since Kelby's been on. Uh, welcome back to the show, Kelby. I'm Thanks. happy that, once again, people can... My YouTube comments can be fill filled with... Why are they wearing sunglasses inside? And also, please don't invite Kelby back on again. I don't know where what he does. Why is he even here? Well, I'm I'm excited to come back and fill your YouTube con uh, comments with the vitriol that they deserve. So. Yeah, I needed the the engagement. Anyway, wait, Kelby, do you want to explain who you are? Uh, yeah, my name is Kelby May. I know these guys because way back in the day, uh, further back than most of you will remember, I used to run an LCS team when they were like relevant in the scene. It's called CLG. Um, they they weren't any more relevant competitively than they are now, but they were popular. So uh, I did that for a couple years, and then mm -hmm. I really haven't contributed anything since, and I've kind of just ridden the coattails on that previous position my relationship with travis and peter to like appear like i i do things in esports but now i just i sell sponsorships for streamers and and what is your current title uh i'm the i'm the vp of sales at loaded which and, is uh, and wait and the chief revenue oh, and officer I'm, I'm the chief revenue officer uh, of Travis Gafford Industries, um, but really, I think that title goes to Yoni. I just—it's like a no. He's the SVP of sales. Right? Okay, gotcha. And Annie's... are you still banned? Uh, or are you still blocked from? No, remember he got papers? unblocked <laughs> on the show. Oh, he did. Oh, I did. It was a momentous that? event. Yeah, yeah uh, for his for birthday. Sure. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. You don't even Happy remember birthday. that. That was a, a highlight. That was that was in April, but okay. I don't even know if it was April of this year. I think no, it, was it was April, April of last of year. Last year, yes. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely not this <laughs> it year. It was a good one, Mark. Uh, once again, memory allocation is... Yeah, Mark, yeah. Mark has moved his microphone up so nobody can hear what he's saying. But... Memory allocation suboptimal. What are you so drinking? I... It's an Americano. Oh. 
I really like the idea of it being hot chocolate with marshmallows because you're, you've got that those vibes going. Is that what someone who wears sunglasses inside drinks? No, hot the chocolate. Christmas tree behind Christmas you was more what I was referencing than the yeah. the glasses. But anyway, yeah. uh, so this show is brought to you by Alienware. I can I'm always astounded that it continues to be brought to you by Alienware, given how awkward the show starts are. But uh, there's been some big news, and part of the reason we have Kelby on the show is because last week Doublelift retired, uh, and that is a bummer yeah. for me because I now have just a little bit longer to ride this out. <laughs> a couple more videos about his legacy and what he meant. And then according to many commenters that I've seen over the years, I, I just poof into dust. You know, I, I'll be homeless and destitute um, because he's the only reason I'm here. So, well, the nice thing is, you know, that he'll be unretired by summer. So, is that so? Do we you, think that that's the case? Wow! Should we just cancel this? This whole episode was going to be. No, no, you, you do the whole episode. Career. Firmly believing that it's the end, so that way you can do it like three more times. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> this Problem is number solved. two, right? Yes. Because he. Well, no, he didn't retire before. No, he took a split yeah. off. People have said that, like, oh, he retired again. He never said he retired. He's like, I'm taking this useless split off. And then he did it again a couple years later. But this time he kept playing. Hey, I got that joke, Travis. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hopefully Peter's not watching. Peter, yes. we love you. He will not watch this. Content. We'll get to the nice. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, that's actually safe. Yeah. If there's, if there's one thing I know about Peter for sure, he might read the comments in the Reddit thread. Yeah. But so you can also I, clip it and send it to him. Did you, did you, even, did you even ask uh, Peter if he wanted to come on this episode, Travis? Or I messaged him today. The, emotional toll i messaged him today and said hey interview for old time's sake and he said how about i interview <laughs> you i'm a content creator now bro interviews are behind me and i said are you coming for my job please don't and he said uh nah it's just interviews are boring i'm over them i'm a wow addicted streamer now and i said okay and then he said i'll think about it so that's where we're at um all right I'm not surprised you wouldn't want to come. Like, it'd be weird to go to your own funeral, you know, your own eulogy as yeah, people. Mark likes to, we did this with Bjergsen, and Mark likes to present them as if it's a eulogy. They're dead. Well, if we, if we looked it up, and eulogy is the correct term. It is a yeah. eulogy for, for him. Did you know that, Scalby? Uh, You guys, no. No, I didn't. Mark, I was... do you want to explain what the <laughs> definition of eulogy is? We don't, need to, we don't need to go into this any further. Like, it's fine. It's important. But it's a your guy's show. Piece of writing that praises someone or something highly, typically someone who has just died, but also can be used at um, retirements and things. Mm. So here we are for the Double Lift Eulogy oh, no. episode. Anyway, uh, the, let's see. So what? I mean, should we? We did not really plan this. Um, I, Kelby, why don't you, while I set up something, uh, talk about your experience uh, when you, you know learned that double lift was retiring and all this stuff was happening did you know before the announcement hit because he and i had not i you know i had nope. my we had some conversation but he didn't really tell anybody he just dropped that twit longer yeah no i mean uh i've, I've known peter for a very long time pretty much his entire professional career um and uh we 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 catch up every once and so often about like you know different points in his career and stuff and we had talked this off season and i like i think 
you know, it's it's Peter's uh, prerogative and his story to share in regards to illuminating at, at which point that he feels comfortable how he arrived at this decision, all those different things, blah, blah, blah. But the last I had heard from Peter was that, um, you know, and I, I think he'd be fine with me sharing this, he was still planning on competing again around when we talked to, prior to, to Bjergsen's uh, retirement announcement going live. Um, so I don't know. Things uh, things changed in in that time period, and uh, yeah, he's it's it's super it's super saddening for for me, obviously to to see him go. He was, I mean, I've I've talked about this privately with Travis and our friends, but like he's really the only reason that I continued to watch North American League of Legends after a certain point. With so many of like you know the players that I really liked uh, moving on and retiring and not being active player of the game anymore, but. Um, yeah, I think I think he could, it's not it's not from lack of ability certainly. The guy just won the previous split him and Bjerg, but you know, they want to move on to the next chapter of their life and it's it's their decision and like it's it's weird for it's weird for Peter in my opinion, right? Because I think the only thing that he had left to prove if you if you want to say that is obviously international success. And you know, we we talked about that in our personal conversations, and I think that, like, he had very good teams that maybe underperformed at Worlds, like, especially that that TSM roster, was it 2016? Mm-hmm. That they were, like, fucking goaded? And then, yeah. obviously, the TL roster uh, for summer last year and that, you know, went to the MSI final and stuff. Like, if those rosters didn't do it, what are you holding out for? NA as a region, especially this year, to me, did not look like we're getting closer. It looked like we're getting a lot further, I, especially in my watching of the summer split playoffs uh, and those series. I was like, holy fuck. NA is going to get bopped when they go to Worlds. And not every, not everybody got bopped, bopped. But like, it's just like, what is what is Peter still playing for? What is the likelihood of him really finally checking that off. I think that he as a player is capable certainly of doing it, and we have individuals in North America that are capable of doing it, but it's so it's so hard over time, man. Yeah. I Did you guys, I don't know what, what to call it, drama or, or what, but did you watch like the clip of, of Double of talking about like some of the stuff that happened this offseason with... Yeah, so I was, gonna, I was going to share this with Kelby. I watched, I linked this earlier in a Discord with Kelby, but he doesn't I, I mean, watched the clips. I just like I, I don't have any insight into that. I haven't I haven't talked to Peter about anything pre prior to my conversation with him and like even if I did, like that is Right. Whatever Peter wants to share there, it's up to him to share. It's certainly not Well, I will just here, I'll read this out because it's public, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh this is a, a paraphrased description of what he says in the clip, which is Initially during the off season, he says he did want to keep playing and he was really excited to play with Sword Art. The deal started to look shaky though, and the staff asked him if he would be still be committed if they got Pallet a Vietnamese support instead. Double have said no because Pallet doesn't speak much English and he didn't want to deal. Which, by the way, he also says in the clip that's not in this, but that he had actually suggested Pallet as an option. But he said no because Pallet uh, doesn't speak much English and he didn't want to deal with language barrier and the bot lane. He said the staff really did not like that answer, and now here we are. So, that's, yeah, you know. it's it's one of those things which just sounds, you know, 
we're clearly not getting the full story. And so it's it's like, did TSM tell him to, like, did they tell him he lost his like position, so he retired? Like, you know exactly what happened with that because it is weird to hear that he recommended Pallet, but then also noped him. Uh, that seems weird. And then for TSM to then get Sword Art and not just be like, okay, water under the bridge. You know, it was, it, we we weren't sure what was happening. Come on back, double lift. You know, like I, I don't know. It just the whole thing sounds so weird. Yeah, I will. The guy that he wanted. So I will make a prediction, and then and then we don't have to spend too much more time speculating because then it's all just speculation. But my prediction is this: uh, Peter will continue to say random things about what happened during this off season <laughs> on stream. Uh, they will continue to get clipped, and slowly but surely, we'll have his side of the story get pieced together. Reggie or somebody at TSM will come out with a different story uh, that will respond to the things that Peter said. Uh, people will pick sides and it will feel a, like a thing that will get really awkward for everyone. And then time will just pass. And then two years from now, Peter will play in some think? sort of all-star event next to Reggie and everyone will be like, oh, they're all cool now or something. I, that is my guess. I have, By the way, I have no, much like Kelby, I have not talked to Peter about the specifics of what happened but I agree with Mark's assessment that, like, clearly things were not like, you know what? I just feel like retiring. And they were like, cool, buddy. And then everybody went their separate ways. I mean, even the way that it was released where, like, Peters drops his twit longer. TSM clearly not ready to, like, announce or say thank you, double lift or whatever. You know, it just it, it does feel kind of weird. So Yeah. That's Anywho. what's going to happen, but you didn't speculate on what did happen. No. I mean, it's not my place to speculate on what on what did happen. Yeah. Because we don't yeah. we don't really know the details yet, but I, I, yeah, I I really just hope with that context, I really just hope that Peter uh, retired for the right reasons. I also really don't want to see a scenario like what we had, and I I don't think we're necessarily end up for this, but like a scenario like we had with him leaving CLG and him and George getting into a huge tiff. I know that at the time, Travis, me and you, and a lot of people were talking to Peter and George simultaneously about how this was not a good idea um and i i wouldn't want to see like you know peter's exit from the professional scene i don't i i think it the conversation should hopefully just be everything about his legacy and not yeah i think he should i mean in not in a non-covid year i would say like he and lena should go to hawaii for two weeks and just chill and you know and he should turn off like social media or whatever and just relax and i think he's that's part of the reason why like i waited till today to even just suggest the idea of at some point in time doing an interview in the future because the impression i have is he just wants to like hang out you know he did a little stream today i don't know if he played much league i he was on the just chatting category for some for a while just kind of interacting with his his fans some and i think like he's just gonna like sort of reset after what was a very volatile year i mean he started the season on team liquid and ended it you know uh, awkwardly Retired? on, on tsm <laughs> yeah. so yeah i'm i mean i could tell you that if i didn't have to play league for a job anymore <laughs> i'd never play the game again so <laughs> i'm sure he's loving it that's because you're not a competitor kelby you don't yeah, know no. what it's like to have the drive that's true i'm also i'm i'm memeing but still anyway uh so because this is the eulogy episode uh, we are interested in taking your calls. I think, look, I don't think all of this needs to be, Mark, how, what should we do? 45 minutes of calls about Peter. And then after that, we can sort of talk about off season and 
the uh, state of the league in general. I mean, I think there's going to be a lot of business discussions and stuff that Kelby will will be valuable for. So, um, uh, I'm kind of just pulling people randomly right now. Oh, you've already been starting to pull people. <laughs> oh yeah, I've started doing this where I just start pulling people. Something's when... never changed, dude. By the way, I just really love Mark's setup and background. Like, I just feel like it's so Mark. You know what I mean? I don't just know. Just a white wall and then a, a single Christmas tree. <laughs> yeah. With the, to be clear. With the glasses and if, everything. If Mark really like was it. single, that Christmas tree would not be there. There'd probably be like a pizza box. Um, as, as, <laughs> that is Mark's. Mark's like I, considering my, the likelihood. I mean, I'm, I'm back to my old place before Ashley and I started living together. And it was, uh, it was, I think, just a bed and a desk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, yeah. that the, these the influence I it is very easy to tell. I've known I've known Mark long enough, and I'm aware of his his relationship enough that I I can tell what what areas have been influenced and what areas. You're 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 all over my relationship. You, should, you need to get your own. That's what you need. You need to get it get out of my face. Thank you, thank you, Mark, for uh, <laughs> bringing this up on the show right now. Let's get into the calls. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. So, uh, what have you actually been pulling? Uh... You want me to do the spiel? Should I do the spiel? Yeah, do the spiel. Uh, okay, so for those who have never been to the show before, it is a live call-in show, which means you can actually get on the show and give us your takes. I'm spamming Twitch chat with the Discord link, uh, and you can go ahead and join up in, when you get there into the pleb calls or pleb calls to voice channels. From there, you're going to want to go into the pleb topics text channel and write out your take, um, you know, we prefer takes, but you know we can do some questions if people have some previous GMing questions for Kelby or anything around the business. Um, otherwise, uh, if I like your topic, I'll pull you from that voice channel that you're hanging out in into the waiting room where you will hang out until it's your turn. We'll do a quick mic check, make sure everything works, and then pull you on air, and then you'll be here chatting with the three of us. Very good. Uh, so are you actually going to try to pull – I feel like you should pull the double if takes earlier. I'll try. I don't, I don't remember who, whose takes are what. So I'll okay. be back with the double lift one for sure. Okay. Off he goes. Uh, thank you to, let's see, we got a lot of subs right now, which I really appreciate. Real Foxy one, Boba Cola. Uh, Jag CT, or Jag C26. I'm gonna, I'm, we're, we're going sunglasses list now. Uh, Jag C26, it's Volks uh, who gifted a sub. Travis Gaffer's my hero, Joby Kenobi, Darking, uh, Rear Kiri, Wafflefoot, Da Barracuda, Boy Maple, Azraf, uh, Waker Bob, Potato Freak, uh, Ferber 2, Seal Haste, 42 Ultra, Jesse gifted out 10 subs. Thank you, Hitstreak. Call Me Cosmic. By the way, that's very generous of you, Hitstreak. Thank you. Uh, Paint Dark, America Vespucci, Cassie Army, and Harmored. Where's Mark? Taking a long time. He's chilling, dude. The, the Convict He's team. Team Corgi Mid, the real Fox Shroud, Biagio. Hello. There he is. Okay. Uh, v. Quisling. V. Quisling, where are you calling from? Uh, New York City, New York. New York City, New York. How's New York? Uh, it's okay. It's pretty rainy out, you know. Staying inside, trying to nice. stay safe. Stuff. Well, what do, you, uh, what do you want to talk about on the show tonight? Yeah, so I wanted to talk about uh, CLG TSM Summer 2015. Um, I guess Doublelift's first title, you know, um, what it meant for the league at the time. Like, it, I felt like it was such, you know, a momentous thing for, 
you know, all of the fans who had been following him for so long. There was the meme about, you know, Doublelift's trophy case. It was also the biggest, um, or I guess the first real, um, like, large event held in New York. And so I got to see it live, and that was, like, the biggest thing for uh, us over there. We've only had a couple um, events since. I think, like, SKT Rocks World Semis was also there. But, like, CLG TSM in Madison Square Garden was, like... Dude, I don't know. <laughs> it was the most hype event ever. And to see Doublelift, you know, really, like, I think they were almost relegated in spring of that year, if I remember correctly. Like, they almost lost to Azure Cats. and They were in relegations in spring. And so to to come from that to, to 3 0 TSM in, you know, one of the most historic venues felt like, you know, not only like a really great moment for, for Doublelift, but also for the league. You know, in terms I, I of think the Azure Cats thing was earlier, but if you told me that they were in in threat of getting relegated in spring of 2015, I would definitely believe you for sure. They, yeah, to, to help with this timeline, because we actually played CLG almost every single off uh, postseason Curse uh, for a little bit. Yeah, as Curse. We lost to them in the third, fourth place match in spring 2014. Summer, uh, I think that's when they came back from their Korea boot camp and got destroyed. <laughs> and that's when they, they, they played the relegation series after that one. Spring, we played them again, and that was the Piglet series and the auto-spacing meme in 2015. Uh, and then 2015 summer was when they, they won the championship. Yeah. And so, yeah, no, I mean, I, I super agree. Sorry, was that your first – you were there at Madison Square Garden, yes? Yeah, it was my first league event, so I was definitely spoiled. I mean, it was great. Yeah. You know? Were you there I mean, as a CLG fan? I was. I mean, not so much anymore. Yeah, yes, I, I am. That goes without saying, man. But uh, so that I mean that must have been crazy for you because I I talked about this a little bit in my. I mean, the event was so hype it got Rick Fox to buy into the league, so it was <laughs> yeah. that good of an event. Yes, I and I think Madison Square Garden too. I think they came in years later in part because of the experience that they had at at MSG when the event was there. So, uh, for yeah. better or for worse, the, I mean that I I remember specifically just the build up. I so many league fans will not know, like the 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 legacy of CLG just losing constantly and like always <laughs> being this hype team. I mean, Kelby, I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about that, but it's like it always felt like CLG was supposed to be good and then just like something would always go wrong and it would either head towards relegations or just lose sadly or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, I know. I mean, for for the timeline, so this was – I had run the organization for the two years previous and then – this I left at the end of 2014, beginning of 2015, and I actually we we talked about this, Travis. I don't know if I've talked about it publicly before, but I think that I think that me leaving the organization actually uh, allowed for a lot more competitive success. I think that my involvement in the org, because Peter and I were best friends for so long gave him more power over roster decisions not like actively or intentionally but like you know in considering about roster decisions and all those things like i weighted him more heavily also from a revenue generation standpoint like this is like 
double lift the most popular player in NA. Like this is pre VC being in the scenes. Uh, sponsor revenues are really, really important, and he is the driving factor for all of our revenues. So he's kind of untouchable. When I left the organization, it forced kind of uh, I was handling. Esports is a different era, right? It's like it's a two full-time employee company. It's me and Matcom that are they're doing all the work. It forced George and other people to take a more active role in like the roster and these different things. Peter lost kind of like his pedestal in terms of dictating roster things. Again, not intentionally. Like he's trying to like be some Machiavellian overlord and secure his position or something like that. But you know, he just had a lot of influence. And then my departure, I think, allowed for them to hire coaches. Make make more sweeping roster decisions, and uh, it just it, it 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 ushered in a new era for the organization. Where competitively, obviously, uh, they were they were more successful after after my departure. And I think if I would have continued, that 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 probably wouldn't have changed. Kelby uh, May was I, the problem, is what you're hearing. No, for sure. I think I think in terms of competitive success, I absolutely was a hindrance to the organization, obviously not intentionally, uh, but but just as a product of the way that, you know, like that ecosystem was structured and the amount of resources we had and all of these different factors. So for me personally, sorry, I know I'm talking about, uh, having left the organization and wanting so bad for so long to see those guys succeed, Peter especially, like I had posts on the CLG forums back in the day where like, I don't know if you guys get this. I think other people probably get this too. But like, I used to have very, very vivid daydreams about what it would be like for the team to finally win, specifically in the context of like the PAX events where regional finals used to always happen. And we wanted it so bad. And to see them finally do it after years of like failure, and like we had some good series against TSM. I remember the one split. We were up 1-0 on TSM in the fucking like third place match, I think, or something, Travis. And I was, I was so sure we were going to fucking win that series. And then like we choked game two and lost game three <laughs> the, when we had Nien and, and Link on the team and stuff. But like, so to see them finally win in, in the fashion that they did, even though I wasn't able to attend in person, it was so, it was so satisfying. Um, and it, and it, and it meant, and it meant so much. And I know that it's just like, for CLG fans who waited so long for for such a popular organization to fail repeatedly and then finally put it together, I think it was tremendously impactful for the narratives and like you know brand success of of the LCS in yeah. North America. Like it's 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 one of those things that like you script and you hope finally happens and it finally did. I just realized I was the only one still wearing glasses. I didn't get the memo. No, that's okay. Um, we were out of the call whenever we switched. Uh, yeah, the uh, that match, if you go and check the most popular posts of all time on the League of Legends subreddit, I mean, like, that match was, um, it's the only one uh, on that, you know, first page that is a post-game reaction thread, and it's, like, top 10, I think. Yeah, it looks like it's top 10. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it, it was, like, the biggest event, you could argue, in some ways, in, or at least match in League history um, for the North American scene. Yeah. I don't think that another match has overtaken it yet. Um, there's been better matches. I mean, that was a, that was a shellacking CLG shit on them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like it wasn't like in terms of quality the most, but just like you're saying with all those storylines and stuff and how much it paid off for so many fans and for players and 
you know, like Afro and double if the embrace and like all that stuff that happened, it was, it was huge. So like that, that was a, like the Kobe call. I never, I, he's like weeping as like, I never stopped believing type thing. Iconic. Yeah. Yeah. Iconic all, call. all that stuff was amazing. The venue was amazing. Uh, double with pentakill on jinx. I, yes. I and the bot lane play. Yeah. First that time in first time in the main, uh, or like in such a big venue for an LCS final because as Kelby said before, then it was like PAX finals in a ballroom in a convention center. So <laughs> yeah, and, and I mean it was nuts in actual New York City. We went um, curse uh, after we or I guess we were Team Liquid then. After we played the third fourth place match, we held a get together in. <laughs> Uh, I think it was a part oh of Washington Square Park, right? Yeah, I was yeah. there. Yeah, it was, yeah. yeah, it got shut down. It, it got shut yeah, down. Yeah. The line was massive. The cops were like, "What the fuck is going on?" We we're like, "We had no idea as many people would show up." Like, it was it was actually nuts. Um, like, I think it, it was one of the only like real East Coast events aside from you know some of the paxes in in Boston. Yeah. So yeah. New York was clamoring for an event and yeah, just and to have like, it, the like most that dense metropolitan area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was amazing. I don't think to to your point, Mark. I don't think, uh, and I had not considered this, but like there hasn't been an event or a match like that has happened like that for North America ever since. And I don't know how there are no current storylines that could give right. you that could deliver you something like that, right? Like even if a Golden Guardians or a FlyQuest or something won, it just would not. It it would not hit that level of like build up or storyline or whatever, you know. Even if people thought, "Wow, this is a crazy upset," I think the only way it could happen is if we won MSI or Worlds or something. Um, at least anytime soon, and maybe those those storylines will develop again. Maybe there'll be some crazy stories about you know some team that just always gets close, and it'll happen five or or six or seven years from now. But it is uh, it is true that it just feels like that's that's going to define this generation of of LCS in terms of just the definitive yeah. game. Definitive and, and it just feels like in a lot of ways that era is kind of dead of like franchise players, you know, like no one, Yeah. what's the longest running player on a team? Is it like fucking Jensen at this point on team liquid? You know, like I, I don't even know. Maybe yeah, no, someday, someday, someday. So, so I don't know, Mark, if you mm -hmm. saw this, but blue Jay found a document from summer of 2019 um, I did a video about this on the channel if people want to want to go look at it. Only three players are now on the, on the same team as they were in summer of 2019. Everything else has changed in the LCS. And yeah. then I, I went and did some additional like math, uh, very simple, and found that only 19 of the players that competed in summer 2019 will be competing, at least in the start of summer 2019, will be competing next year. Like We've thrown out more than half the league in the past year. So, and I know everybody goes, good, good. Yep, there it is. Tom Shoe with the good. <clears throat> I just did such a lazy answer, by the way. Um, but yeah, I think it's, uh, it's interesting yeah, for sure. It at least speaks to the fact that like that era of these guys who are their organizations who have been thwarted by another organization, like that just doesn't happen anymore. Like that's not a thing. Yeah. Like even Steve get, getting his win, you know, like that was a storyline, you know, even though double if was the one who did it, you know, like. <laughs> is there going to be a time where we're like hunters done it you know like is that the next storyline or, or whatever it is yeah i think or, like, i think uh i guess maybe if this like you know one of these rando rosters like the immortals one or the golden guardians one like ends up winning you know especially if they win on a stage like if summer split is able you know the world is able to have a 
an arena event by the end of summer which seems unlikely but if they did it i think maybe that would feel bonkers or something but even then it would not have like the historical context to build up right. the narrative yeah. yeah well i mean nobody nobody's want to split outside of clg c9 tsm and team liquid right so yeah that so one of the one of the not and like you know effectively it's three teams that are in consideration for that moving forward so somebody outside of the old guard winning would be momentous but yeah i don't think anywhere near that clg tsm storyline yeah biased yeah. obviously but well the quisling i uh, thank you for bringing us down memory lane that's actually uh, that match i mean i said this in my double retirement video but that match is my favorite match my favorite experience ever was watching peter win uh that yeah since we're garden so i appreciate you for bringing sure that. yeah Anything i mean not wanna... to discredit uh all of his other titles but that one i think you know no is, i mean that, uh, yeah it, it broke the subreddit uh, is there anything yep. that you want to shout out before we move on to the next caller uh bring back esports and chill <laughs> oh wow no, that's a throwback i mean i was yeah. wearing last week when hunter was on the show i was wearing my esports and chill hoodie uh hoodie we've had uh two of the three co-hosts from esports and chill on if we get nick allen next week then we'll have at least rotated through all of them in a three-week period yeah it, all thanks. right, looking forward to it. Thanks, for Quisling. Have a good one. Thanks, you too. Take care. Booted him. I didn't. Well, he said thanks. Take care, and then I clicked the button, and then yeah, it was not intentional. Uh, off go, goes Mark. Thank you to the real Fox Shroud, Biagio, Rob Tron, Mister Brooks Gaming, Double Sniff, Double Sniffed, uh, Tment Seventeen, Stahil, uh, My PS, uh, Ferber Two, gifted a sub to Tyler One. I'm sure he's going to appreciate that. Sev the Sniper, B-Web, Yoni. Thank you, Yoni. Wow. Uh, Drunkard, Aerohydrus, Sad Knives, Brian, Blossom, Lucina, Nanuko111, and Rashik. Rashik, who subscribed for five months in advance. I love seeing this, the advance site. It's always fantastic. Uh, Sir Rambutan is here. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from uh, Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. Oh, okay. What do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, so my topic was that Doublelift made uh, LCS popular as an esport, but also as like a community. Um, and I think the scene owes him a lot as a person and as a player. Um, so Doublelift entered the community, or, or Doublelift caused a lot of people to enter the community because of his personality. The way he held himself and like the way he played was aggressive and he was over the top and he made a lot of people either love him or love to hate him and i think like at least for myself and a, a, all of my friends who watch lps today we got into it because we saw him like walking in and calling everyone trash and then going in 1v3 in the bot lane and winning half of them and i think that that it, he just had an air around him when playing that made you have to watch. Yeah, I mean, I I have frequently thought of him, and you know, I, this is great because I get a huge excuse for ever, to just say stuff, and and all the people that say I'm biased or whatever can, whatever. But I frequently thought of him as the main character of North American League of Legends, like just his story arc, the fact that he's he's been here since season one, competed in the season one. Cha uh, world championships competed uh every every year had so many ups and downs 
Uh, I mean, not to get too dark, but his like personal tragedy, like was was a big story for for one of the years as well. Like it's it's been really crazy to sort of see his progression throughout the years, and I think you know, especially for a native North American talent, is the only one that has ever had very long lasting um, acclaim among the international audience. I mean, think about the generations of players that Peter has competed against, like uh, Messiah and Uzi and, and Deft and all, all these players. It's just like, it's crazy to sort of see to, I mean, a great experiment or content piece would be looking at just the players that he has leaned against over all these years. Um, and yeah, you're right. Like, I think, I mean, almost to the detriment of the LCS, Peter has commanded so much of the attention. And I, and it is unfortunate that I don't think that there are too many other players that have reached his level of boldness and in interviews and content and sort of speaking out and saying things and sometimes maybe speaking out a little too much and saying a little too much. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy to sort of think through the years of what he's been able to do for the eSport. And, and even the haters that hate hearing me say all this about him they've probably skipped to later on in the show but mm -hmm. they they those people hated him like he he you know popular for similar reasons to tsm where like either everyone was rooting for him or rooting against him at different parts in his career and uh, there's very few people who i think have no opinion of him and i think even like the the criticism or the critics i think have he's drawn a reason for people to root against him and to care about the sport in that way so I think um, it's it's definitely true that, like, the thing about his smack talk was it wasn't just smack talk, you know? Like, I think a lot of people, they get up in front of a microphone and they have some, like, joke or something that they prepared. Like, his smack talk was always laced with, like, somewhat of his own feelings. And there's always this this idea that he's probably saying a little bit more than he really should, which I think made it all the more endearing for a lot of people, or like you're saying, drove them further away because it didn't feel like a character he was putting on. Whereas sometimes when players these days say their thing, you know, whatever it is for the, for Riot, it doesn't feel authentic. Like this is, you know, like you're going to be saying this in a week from now or something. Whereas for Double Lift, it was like, all right, dude, I don't know if you should be saying that, but that's what you think. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and it yeah. was never calculated, right? I think that's another no. thing. Like a lot of times the trash talk feels calculated or forced. For him, it's just like, he'd just be like, yeah, I mean, we're going to shit on him. You know, like the jo the jokes he would make get about some teams where he'd just think they were not even worth talking about. You know, it's just funny. It's just so funny. Yeah. And, cool. Yeah, people are people would say that yeah, I'm like an emotional fan. You know, I'm not looking at the stats. But if you think about it, uh, didn't FBI said when he came to the league, he was afraid of playing against Doublelift, like of laning against him? Um even on Team Liquid Tactical, like he said something when he came to the league about looking up to Doublelift. It's and not just that, tweeted that he was his biggest inspiration, I think. To go yeah, that. like it's not even just fans. Like the other players that trained their whole life to become like a player on a team, he caused that. Like he he was the guy that everyone looked up to as a kid when they pl played the game and like they spent hours and hours grinding and like. I don't know how you can ever take away that legacy. Like every player from now on will be like a descendant of people that were basically brought into the league because of double lift. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think the, the one thing that I would 
pull away from this is that like Peter was not a bystander in his own story. I think it's important for other players to recognize that like people didn't tell Peter's story for him and this is where I'd like to give a huge amount of on the limited occasion. All right? Oh, no. So you need you need to you need to hold this dear and near to your heart Travis, but I think Travis is hugely important and influential in encouraging Peter to do interviews and giving him a platform so many times for like a lot of Peter's most iconic quotes come from pieces of Travis's content. And and because of Travis and Peter's relationship, he always felt obviously like if you look back at the volume of interviews that Travis has done with individual players, Peter rakes far above everybody else, right? And because of those opportunities uh, for Peter to speak his mind, it allowed him to develop his own narrative and contribute his thoughts and color to what was transpiring. And the fact, obviously, that's great about that on top of it is that Travis knows Peter. Travis knows what to ask Peter. Travis knows in the back of his mind how Peter is going to respond. And it, it makes a really, really good story. And then obviously he had all the other things as you guys have highlighted on going with it, like the, the greatest North American player of our time, probably the only North American resident player to ever be considered uh, in like the top or top one or top two for his position in the world at a point in his career. Um, so, you know, like it's, it, it's hugely important. And I, don't, I just don't get that. And I'm not paying attention to the professional League of Legends scene as much as I once did, but I don't I don't get that from players anymore. Like I don't I don't see the same opportunities and I don't see the same personalities that I'm attracted to the way that I was Peter. And obviously I'm incredibly biased due to my proximity to him and Travis, but it's 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 sad. I, I miss that about the NA League space. People yeah. in the chat saying LOL, when was that? When was he considered top two in the world? Just were not here in 2011, 2012. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. That's, yeah. It's sure. like I don't fault them for having that reaction because the idea of a North American player being was, considered you know, yeah. top in their role is so it foreign to It was like him, Wei Zhao, and like yeah. maybe Reckless at that IPL final. No, I mean, going was, to the, yeah. the first season of the LCS, the all-star thing, it was crazy. The, the People should go find the Superman um, yes, it's an amazing video, video of him. Like that was cut to the Superman trailer, and it was it was done that way. And like they posed Messiah as his as the villain that he would be fighting because these this was the main ADC rivalry at that time. Um, and I, I get it. Like people maybe weren't around for that time, but it's the people that are know that that was actually how that worked. You know, and yeah. I think. People that have only been around recently don't know. I started playing League Mustard What back in early 2014. So I wasn't even there for what I would guess would be like the the top of double lift being better than everyone. But I hated him when I first started watching. Okay. Right? He was the heel. And like I wanted to see him fail, but he just would not stay down ever. And then at by like what, late 2016, early 2017, I've started just i gave up and i was like this guy is good like he is as good as he says and then i loved him from that point on like at that point i couldn't hate him anymore by the way i meant i meant way Zhao, not messiah messiah correcting correcting myself also uh, papa smithy really quickly just to say this he said in og in season two 
he was the biggest star in the first season of OG and Champions for sure. And I that is a really great point. Like before, you know, like the Korean obviously they changed yeah. once Korean dominance became, but like they brought CLG over so that they could have feel like they have these like really exciting teams to compete against, you know, for their their new players. And uh, I think w one thing too is in sports, when people talk about how much like oh this this player grew this scene and stuff, um, and there's always like that small caveat that I think some people have, which is like well the scene would have grown anyways and like it would have been popular and all this stuff, but I don't think that it always is going to grow the same way. I think there's some people who, you know, help elevate a scene beyond what it probably naturally would have done. And I think, you know, Double Lift is definitely one of those people. Uh, Bjergsen probably as well, just in terms of, like, sh just look at the Twitter followers, for God's sake. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, and, like, even Scar and some of those other people helped. But, like, if you look at, like, Smash Bros, like, the Smash Bros scene is not the same without Mango, no matter what. Like, there's no way you could have that scene. And, like, Magic Johnson and Larry Bird in the the 70s for basketball like that scene the like basketball was almost dead before they showed up you know like there you can't necessarily know exactly how big of an influence a superstar can have because yeah. like obviously there's all this infrastructure around them that's propping up the scene but if you don't have a face to slap on it like that's what people connect with is a face more than more than almost anything else yeah the last dance came out this year every anybody who watched that documentary or was alive during that era and i'm really dating myself um, like what Michael Jordan did for the NBA, just fucking unprecedented. It, will league see like be put in front of the same number of people? Maybe if Peter is not here, absolutely. The retention of those fans, the engagement of those fans by vibrant uh, superstar personalities, absolutely tremendously impacts the success and growth of the esports scene over time. Sir uh, Ram Rambutan. Uh, any any final thoughts? I know we kind of took your thing and, and ran with it, but uh, hopefully... That's fine. I'm just happy to hear you guys talk about it, and uh, Devil will always be the king of North America. Yeah. Thank you. Is there any shout-outs you want to make? Uh, shout-out Alienware. Shout-out you guys. You do a great job. Yeah. See you around. Thank you so much. Thanks uh, for calling in, man. We're going to take you, a, a quick break uh, right now to talk about Alienware. Which, by the way, if you're watching live, I think I think there's still time to go over to Alienware.com slash Travis. Click the banner at the top and take a look at their Cyber Monday deals. Uh, but I want to thank Alienware so much because... Uh-oh. Hang on. Let me move this Christmas tree. Uh, what is behind me right now is my next new computer, uh, which I will be playing... I'll probably end up streaming Cyberpunk on whenever it releases. Um because this has an RTX 3090 in it. So the ray tracing is going to be sick. I know it's really <laughs> difficult to find these. Um, and I'm really excited that they ended up sending me one. Um, so I, I, and it's going to be really fun to check that out. I've been, I've set it up over there cause I knew I was doing the stream tonight. Wanted to make sure that I had time to like get all the programs and everything running and make sure everything was, was set up and good to go and, and didn't have any issues. It's, it's a brand new build, but very, very excited about uh, Alienware's support of everything that I do. And uh, those NVIDIA Alienware streams should be hitting uh, once Cyberpunk is out. Be sure to follow my social media for that. Excited to uh, to do be doing that, sort of showcasing some of the capabilities. I think I'm going to stream it using my ultra-wide, so it'll kind of have that cinematic look uh, for anybody who's interested in, in taking a look at that. 
Uh, but either way, really excited about about the 3090. It's, it's great. I mean, this computer is a beast behind me. It's going to be my new workhorse for so many things. Uh, so thank you to uh, Alienware for hooking it up, and thank you so much. I'm sure you you know maybe if you guys missed the Black Friday, or the Cyber Monday stuff, or you know you're waiting for you know a little bit more savings or something. Guess what? You can still save by using Travis Tenoff Q4. There's a link in the video description if you're watching this on YouTube, and uh, it's a great way. Oh, by the way, thank you. So many people messaged me during the last several days saying like, "Hey, I'm on the Alienware website. I want to make sure you get credit." That is actually so nice. Uh, my CRO is on the show right now, and he will tell you that having that tracking is incredibly helpful. It uh, is true because it is true they pay attention to that shit. I mean, they don't they don't doubt that you guys are supportive and that we bring them value, but it's just so nice at the end of the year when we're talking to them about the following or you know the coming year to be able to say like, well, look look how many people went and checked this out. So either way, thank you to everybody who did hit me up for that. Um, that is actually very generous and, and very much appreciated. Anyway, uh, Mark, you want to go grab the next caller? Yes, sir. Okay, off he goes. Thank you to uh, Scion QT, Rashik, Nunuko. I think I had those. Rico, Rico's right, Wave gifted a sub to FlyQuest. What's this that? is the last double if memory one, and then there'll be some more broader broader ones. Okay. Sounds good. Hey, uh, Caesar's here. Caesar, where are you calling from? Um, Los Angeles. I'm pretty local to everyone. Oh, dude, nice. is this is this the Caesar that I know? Yes, Caesar? sir. What's oh up, Kelby? Oh, my God, dude. How's it going, man? I heard Caesar, you Caesar show, is so I had to come in. old school CLG fan. Really? Wait, oh, so yeah. I know Caesar? Caesar uh, know not as well as... Uh, Kelby, but I think okay, we've met crazy. Is this your first time calling in? I think I've called in once before, but I, I'm I only tune in really for like the bigger streams, and I thought this is one of the bigger ones I should definitely tune into. So nice. you're absolutely right, sir. Well, cool, to, cool <laughs> to have you on. I'm glad we got you on. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, I just want to talk about how essentially like Doublelift kind of rewrote his legacy and like his uh, his journey essentially because. You think about the earlier days with like Kelby, not necessarily running the team. I, like I don't want to put the fault on Kelby or anything, but like okay. just like the okay. rosters that like double lift essentially just carried is just insane. Because up until when they won uh, the LCS Summer Split, the biggest CLG win I remember was at um, MLG Anaheim in 2013 when CLG won the base race with the Winions because TSM couldn't God, carry it. The name, oh, yeah, dude, I, that. That was a fucking if oh if if, if you guys have never today, been to a live esports event like being a part of one of those moments is so fucking insane. I remember the, the the mic just pick up from the broadcasters picking up all the craziness. It's so insane. I lost my voice like that entire weekend because I think CLG actually went three zero, which was like insane back then. But it's also just like beating TSM was such an accomplishment back in that day, especially for CLG. It was just insane. But the biggest thing I, I really wanted to talk about was when CLG was uh, releg was in their relegation match in, uh, against Curse Academy. And I remember it w CLG was down 2-2. And I remember they walked out for game five and like everyone looked tilted. Like CLG was going to be 100% relegated. I was like, bro, we're they're out. There's no coming back. You had Seraph top, Dexter in the jungle, uh, Link mid, um, Double F in the Afro, I think. Or was it Chaucer? I'm not too sure. It would have been but Afro, I, just... I think. Because Chaucer was out by... Wasn't Afro out by the... Or Chaucer out by the start of LCS? I think he was. 
Yeah, I can't I can't remember that roster. I just remember that I I went with the team to the studio for every single match. I didn't go for that relegation series because we were so sure there was no fucking chance <laughs> these guys were going to do anything against us. And then I'm at home watching. We're down 0-2, ready to drink bleach. I, I, <laughs> I swear to God, because if you get out of the LCS, like literally we have like contract condi conditions with sponsors that are like, if you're relegated, like revenue stops. Well, like it's like the end of the company. And sorry, continue, continue, Caesar, with the story. I would just say, like, I, I, I was with you. I was 100 percent. CLG is out. There's no way they come back. Too. Oh, they, they were just losing. There's no way they come back. And just like, I, I've never really talked to Double Fucking Person. I don't know how he is on a team. I'm not a professional player or anything. But just the, I remember how loud he was in the studio. I was sitting all the way in the far back because I showed up kind of late and I was with my friends. And just how loud Double Lift was. Like, I was past the caster booth in the old Manhattan Beach studio. And I could just yell him, hear him yelling out, like, drag timers and, like, when to rotate. And he, like, legit just carried CLG and put everyone on his back and was like, we're not getting fucking eliminated today. We have to win. And, like, that's kind of just a testament to, like, the type of player Double Lift was his entire career. Like, you had the almost eliminated by Azure Cats. You had the almost eliminated by Curse Academy. But he never gave up. And, like... He got on these better rosters and proved himself, but he was always a good player. It just it seemed like he wasn't surrounded with like the right talent or necessarily the right teams. I mean, in for, the early part of his career. So for a while, he was kind of the king of relegations, right? Because he like yeah. I love the fact that he came back to save Team Liquid in the final ever relegation. <laughs> like it's so great that they like had to, to grab him and and do this this I, spring split took off. The, the great thing about that match too was I was I didn't I didn't really work with Curse Academy during the re the regular season or anything like that that led up to that but I, I was in their their room kind of like hang, like helping out a little bit with with their coaches and stuff about during that match and like Kelby couldn't believe it we couldn't believe it <laughs> <laughs> like you oh, know fuck, dude. it was it was basically Keen just having the craziest cheese shit of all time uh, you know he, this was his Hecarim mid with TP home guards before that was like really a thing and like. It was his counter to Zed, which was, like, hella broken at the time. And there's, like, I mean, there's a lot going on in those games. But, yeah, basically, like, we were, like, they can't win. It's just protect double lift. That's what all the comps turned into. It was, like, already Janna fucking protect double lift comps. And that was that was the only way. And the entire time, you know, I watched those first two games, and I was, like, I don't think we're going to beat them. <laughs> Even after being up 2-0, I was just, like, I don't, like, we are cheesing the fuck out of these guys. And... Yeah, man, it was it was it was a crazy series, and there's like a lot of like the the bunny foo foo flay on double lift in the top lane was was sick. There it was actually like a lot of really cool moments during that. But yeah, it ended up just being like protect the double lift one v nine. I mean, area. years and years of protect the double lift comps for CLG and for for Peter better or worse, like, to be yeah. fair too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's just like that was the whole pretty much the early era of CLG. It just like CLG didn't really win anything until. Um, that first championship they won and then double if immediately gets kicked it's like i felt really bad for double but like he's the one who made me a clg fan i stayed loyal to clg but like after he left after a couple of years it's like it's not the same especially with no one on the roster anymore it's like it's not as entertaining for me to watch i i was watched the tsm uh, vlog when they were at worlds and i'm like double if is such a marketable player that like brings entertainment to everyone it's like he's super easy to watch from like a consumer standpoint i feel like so it's definitely like after their 
not being like a double lift. I was always a double lift fan, but I try to stay loyal to the CLG. But just like double lift was essentially what made me like a fan of League in the end. Like I know people in the chat were saying they don't remember when they wouldn't call a double lift a top two player in the world, but it was easily him and like Wei Zhao. It wasn't until later when people came into the scene with Korea where the ADK started popping off, but. Double have had like a tremendous legacy early, but he had nothing to show for it. That's how the whole double of trophy case meme started. Yeah. It just sucked, but I'm glad that he finished it off with trophies in there and he's a winner now, you know? I mean, it's crazy to think about. It's There's so many League fans, probably the majority of the people that are watching the show right now, that just had no idea about the double of trophy case meme. That have no idea. They just only knew him as like the the guy that won so, so sh- much. Here's you know? some free content, Travis. You should go dig up and tweet out to have people do the work for you go outsource that but dig up all the old memes from like 20 you know 2011 oh, through 20, 2013 2014 and, the and just like review them memes. on stream the all-stars 2013 memes i don't know if they'll ever be any as good of memes as as there were for that that was sick uh, that was such a great event uh caesar thank you so much for the call anything you want to uh, shout out before we move on to the next caller no nah, i just want to thank Travis for giving us all those uh, sweet interviews and free content and just uh, Kelby for holding it down for CLG during the early years and everything. Yeah. Thank you so Thanks, much. Man. Thanks for calling in. Great calling to have you on. Yeah. All right. Thank you to Aldor for the uh, tier two sub. Thank you. Thank you very much for that. The Slatherpuss, uh, Crouton, Odyssey 3, Gengarifith, uh, Inuber, and Purple Ray Q. Really appreciate all the subs. We have fallen from our 2,000 subscriber thing once again. We're at 1829. I have no hopes of returning to it now. The, the, all the all the off-season content is dried up, and now everyone can't come here and and hope that I'll just leak TSM roster moves or something like that and get the subs. But it's okay. I'll keep making the content anyway for all of you, all of you that stay with me. Regardless, Haramos, thank you for the prime. Kelby, what are you? You're just waiting. You're in a holding pattern for the new Total War DLC, huh? Oh yeah, and Cyberpunk and Devil May Cry Virgil DLC release on PC. Uh, but yeah, I've been going through a real drought, a real, a real heavy drought. Kelby has never and will never play World of Warcraft, unfortunately, and mm-hmm. so Shadowlands release means nothing to him. No, Unf- unfortunately not. Uh, I've been I've been playing Siege with some Zoomers that I met online, but other than that, yeah, I've just been, I've been I've been super bored. And actually, I was well, I wanted to say this before we got into the show. I was I was thinking about this before coming on. This how this is how much of a drought I've been in this year. This year, I watched more competitive league uh, sorry, than sorry. I did competitive Dota. Sorry about the uh, the delay. I, I think I pulled the wrong person uh, oh, really? in the waiting room. Because there was a topic, I swear to God, that was like... Um, well, you can look for it know. while we go through this. Yeah, whatever. All right, you can do the other guy. Uh, <laughs> He's great, in here. Great for yeah. building. Is this the person you accidentally pulled? <laughs> no, 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 okay. no, no. That person's not in the waiting room. Okay. Well, anyway, yeah. Kelby was just bemoaning the fact that he's had to watch more competitive league than competitive Dota. Because no. Dota is dead in 2020. Yeah. Worse, worse than worse than TSM's performance at Worlds has been Valve's handling of the Dota professional circuit during COVID. It is a fucking embarrassment, to be sure. 
The, uh, I saw a clip of of some caster on something like complaining about it and being like, "How is esports and like us the only league that's not figuring it out?" And it felt yeah. felt great as 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 LCS was getting slammed, you know, for all the broadcast problems and whatnot. You know, just seeing some other being like, "You know what? I I can't complain." What's that? What's you that know? phrase? It's like we've we've tried nothing and we're all out of ideas. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's, like, it's so true, dude. Um, anyway, Variance is here. Variance, where are you calling from? Hi, uh, I'm calling from Norwich in the east of England. Oh, wow. I, Your accent is, is fantastic. For I'm so happy you said Norwich. Uh, in that. Anyway, what do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, I'd like to talk about um, sort of following on from a topic you brought up in your latest video about who is going to take over as like the most popular player in the league. Now that yeah. Doublelift and Bjergsen are both gone. And I think the answer that makes most sense to me is Speaker. Oh, okay. This is not where I was expecting you to go. Yeah. Why? Why? Okay. Why Speaker? And then I have a challenge for you on that. Okay. Okay. Um, so I think you need to have a few quite particular... Um, you have to fulfill some criteria in order to sort of be that level of famous in the scene. Obviously, we're never going to get another double lift again. Like someone who's been here from the very start and has had lows and highs all the way. But I think Speaker, he's he's still a very young player. He's only 19. He, as far as we can tell, he's got a long career ahead of him, and he's lasted long already. He's lasted a lot longer than a lot of other T um, TSM junglers. So, like, he's the he's only one already... standing. He's the last. He's the longest... yeah. The only person left from the winning team of of summer 2020. He's, he's the longest standing TSM member. Yes. Yeah, I, I, the stats don't lie. Um, <laughs> he's basically what Mike Young was meant to be, but then it didn't really work out for Mike Young. So speakers doing it better, I guess. Do you think Mark he is? Needs... Oh, go oh, ahead. Sorry. No, go on. No, go for it. Go for it. Did you have anything else on your thought process? Because I, I don't mind giving you the floor oh well i was just gonna say he's already made good work towards building a personality and a fan base like he streams regularly he's you know he's quite a a, a personable figure in all the tsm content and stuff so he is it does seem like he's putting himself out there and trying to be a personality more so than just a player in the scene so scam train just started thank you twitch chat um mark do you think that speaker is it are we are we safe to to count on Spica as a player who will stay? Unlike you know maybe what happened with Mike Young. Um, for the short term, meaning like at least a year, probably. I mean, he seems pretty good. I I was fairly impressed with his his year overall. Yeah. I mean, um, we did a run it thinking that arguing that he might be the next great jungler for the league. So, yeah, I mean, I. Will he reach Blabber Heights? Maybe not. Um, that was a bit of an explosive start, but Blabber has his issues as well. So, like, I don't know, he'll probably be a top half jungler for a period of time. He's he's a non-import slot. Like, I would expect him, unless there's something that goes wrong or he starts struggling next split, hits some kind of wall, I think you would want to hold on to him for at least a little while. Yeah, I, um, I've actually only recently become aware of how much Speak has been, like, trying to kind of uh absorb some of that that tsm fandom you know it's like <laughs> every everyone else is left now he's like yes i will collect all of this for myself quickly you know 
there's a vacuum that I can I can fill. Um, so I'm I'm hopeful that he does that uh, because I think TSM needs that. Uh, obviously, there are going to be other players that come in, and Huni's got a big personality and all that. But um, I I like I like this take. The only th- problem is variance. Don't you feel like Perks is going to become like the poster child of the LCS? As ironic as that is. Um. I think there is the potential for that, but in in terms of because obviously he's already such a big name. I mean, if we were to look at it right now, who's the biggest name in LCS? It might well be Perks, just because he's so famous from his time in EU. Yeah. But in looking to the future and who will sort of NA fans uh, rally around as their hero? In mm. you know, assuming TSM has success, which is it's still a bit of a question mark at this point. Um, I feel like Spico is sort of fits the bill uh, better than anyone currently. So, to, to be clear, you're saying that he'll, when you say he'll be the most popular, he's going to like grow the most, or he'll just be the most pop. Like in a year or two from now, he'll have the How most engagement. He's like yeah, 19, 19? 18, 19, yeah. 18, yeah, something like that. I mean, yeah, like he has. Well, can I can I get clarification from the from the caller? Do you mean? Yeah. He will be the most popular, flat out, most engagements kind of thing, or you mean he he will grow the most? Or like, what what do you mean? I think it, it's it's sort of a bit of both. I think he he's going to become one of the most flat out popular players through being an a young, successful NA based player. If that makes sense. If that's not too broad. No. I- I mean, I, I agree. I think he could become one of the breakout young stars along with Tactical, FBI, some of these uh, players who had pretty good years last year. Hopefully they can continue them. But, like, in a world where TSM is successful, the person who's going to grow the most from that is actually Hooney. And I know he's already really popular, but, like, that dude is a magnet for attention. When he's playing well, he's so fun to watch. He's hilarious. He's awesome. And, like, people fluctuate on him quite a bit, uh, whether they love him or hate him. But, you know, if, if they're doing well... Spika is not going to be the main story on that team, unfortunately. It'll be, it'll be Bjergsen as coach. It'll be Spika. I mean, it'll be Sword Art joining. It'll be Hooney's, you know, return to glory or whatever. So if things go well, I don't even think he'll be the most popular player on his team, let alone in the league. When that's before you get into, I don't know, Core JJ, uh, Jensen, uh, Perks, and Licorice, and all these other players who have such a, a leg up all, already. Um, the thing that's exciting to me about Spika is. He's 19, which means let's say he plays as long as Double F plays. Now, Double F has played pretty long uh, in terms of the age that he's he's retiring at, but eight years of Spica to come is would be you know it's crazy to think about that. I will be almost 40 years old if Spica eight years and I am still covering this stuff and all that. I like that is depressing to think about actually. What is that face, Mark? Are you thinking about your own age? What? Or are you imagining thinking? you at 40. <laughs> I'm going to be a fox, okay? Men in my family age incredibly gracefully. Uh, we don't lose any hair in the Zimmerman I don't. I don't. Point. All the men. Anyway. Uh, so, I yeah, I think it's, it's, inter- it's an interesting argument. Um, I, you know, the only thing is, like, tactical also is really great up-and-coming talent. Uh, FBI is pretty young and now that Oceania is North America, he's a North American talent. You know, I guess we could say that like there are other him. candidates, but the, I guess, and tactical perhaps with team liquid is positioned. I, I think most people will power rank TL above TSM 
uh, for next year. Mark, would you is that a safe assessment? That's going to be most people's ranking of the two. Yeah, I mean, looking at the two teams right now on paper, I'd, I'd go TL. Yeah, and so I do think like you are. If if you look at tactical or speaker, tactical is probably better set up for success. Uh, so he kind of fits a lot of the same stuff as you. The only thing is he's kind of a quiet dude. Um, I was going to say, the one thing I'll give Spika is of the newer, younger players, he has his own personality. He has this like kind of almost like surfer bro energy a little yes. bit that I, that I really like. And so... Kind of a callback uh, to the old TSM days, to be honest. Yeah, a bit of the Bay Life attitude, which yeah. I really like. Yeah. I, I think another thing, which, I mean, this may be just coming through the perspective of a long-standing TSM fan, you know, one of one of the horde. Um, but he had one of the, I think, harshest sort of trials by fire coming into his professional career by when he was, I think it was um, summer 2019, when he was brought in to replace Grig or Akkadian, or maybe both, I can't quite remember. And they didn't make it to Worlds when they got beat by Clutch. And as you would expect from a team which has such high expectations at TSM, he was just slaughtered online. Um, and he took a little bit of time off the main team and then came back. And I think he's been performing at a higher level than he was before. So he has been through a bit of a, a rough time in terms of his career already. And not to say that means he's going to go you know, much higher in the future, I think he will, but it's not. There's no assurance there. I just think it's important to note that it was a very rough start for him. Yeah. Actually, Kelby, I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. You follow more esports than I do. Um, maybe one or two more. What? <laughs> how, how? It feels like esports as a whole is fairly young, and there have not been very many generational switches. Like in so many esports you have oh. a ton of the old dudes that are still either really popular or really good or whatever. I mean, in comparison to other esports, what what is that? Where in other esports have you seen this kind of handoff of like really popular players retiring and new folks coming up? Has that happened much even in <sighs> Dota? Because even in Dota, it feels like Arteezy and people like that are still really popular. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's a that's actually a really good question, Travis. And <laughs> I'm I'm, I'd have to put some like thought and time into like, it. Twitch says in StarCraft, that's a terrifying example. I don't want yeah, StarCraft I, to be our example of how things go down. So, so I was gonna throw in one that some of chats doing, which is which is melee. Um, and it has had a lot more ups and downs, but I think League does have some mirroring in that like there was a dark period in like mm -hmm. 2016 2017 um you know like ken and isaiah and um holy shit i'm blanking on the other chillin and whoever chillin's friend is but whatever you know if you watch the smash talk you know what i'm talking about there was there was periods yeah, yeah as in so like uh, that scene has gone through a couple um but but it is i mean when i think melee i just still think like Mango and all those guys were they not? Well, that's because you don't actually follow the scene. I know, right, but right. were those not the founding members of, no. of like? Oh, okay. No, they're, they're the second generation, and Leffen's gotcha. like third or something. You know, like if you wanted to do it by generations, sure. And they've been around for around 15, 20 years now, uh, or like that scene has, I guess you'd say. Um, yeah, they, they 
came in at the second second generation. Yeah, I mean, it's it's if you're if you're doing it by that qualifications, then obviously like even Quake, CS, Halo, all these other scenes have gone through that sort of like generational shift. I I was thinking it more of in the context of like current era games that were like at one point or have continued to be tier one esports since 2010, mm -hmm. yeah. which is a really like Dota, limited list. Yeah. CSGO, yeah. games like that. Yeah. Um, and, and like, you know, then like, you know, the slashers and DJ Weeds of the world are like, well, that's unfair. You're missing so much context in history. And that's, that's perfectly valid. But, um, Esports started when I created Stadium, <laughs> so I don't know. Why. I mean, esports. It, it is. It is really like a. I think that it is a different era. Like, and and it's the beginning of like the. Yeah, that's the. Era. Those are the primordial. The live times. streaming era. Yeah, yeah. Like, right. Was was its own thing. Like yeah. the fucking watching on LimeWire or whatever people had to do in the fucking yeah. OG days. It was, yeah. It's not. It's not really comparable to dish, be like, oh yeah, that guy's a superstar. Fatality. Yeah. Yeah. You know, or whatever. Uh, current day esports professionals are making a living, and back in the day, it was more of like you know, not that there wasn't the the one or two like dudes who could like scrape by and stuff, you know. Um, yeah. And and even and even listen, these old people don't watch the show. We don't have to keep consoling them on like yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but the, the 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 last thing that I was going to say as well, not to like continue this topic too much further, but I think one of the things that Speak and Tactical have going for them is that. I agree with you, Travis. There is no doubt in my mind that Perks will come in as the most popular person in NA for the for the next foot and probably the indefinite future. But I I feel like there is an opportunity for an NA player to develop themselves as more of like the face of North American League because I don't think Perks can ever be seen as the face of NALCS. Right. Because of his previous history, you know, obviously in accolades in Europe. And he's certainly not going to repeat them here. I mean, <laughs> he's, he's here for the money. So let's be clear about that. He's which here is for fine. the free trips to Worlds and the money. He, 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 he did his fight. time. He, he deserves to get that paper now. You know? It's a great, it's a great way to, to ride off into the sunset when you're like, I, I had a really good shot at Worlds and winning. We might have choked against FPX, you know, it, it, but, you know, let, let, let's collect our, our payday now. So. And and to, to hop on that, I mean, like, whoever takes North America to the, the greatest heights, you know, will become the face. And I think when C9 kind of did that, like, maybe Licorice was, was beginning to be part of that, more sneaky and maybe probably more Jensen. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, like, if anyone does have a big run, that's how you, I mean, we always talk about success is the ultimate thing for, for popularity, so... If any of these newer players are the one who reaches that those heights, they'll skyrocket. Assuming they're doing streaming and other shit to actually grow yeah. their brand. You cannot be a bystander in your own story. So true. Variance, thank you so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we uh, move on to the next caller? Um, just the, the standard uh, Alienware. Uh, all you guys. Why are you laughing, Mark? Variance is doing a great job right now. Continue, <laughs> sir. I'm I'm trying my best. I'm trying my best. No, I don't. I, Mark um, was laughing good. at something else. I think Mark is unrelated. It's unrelated. Sorry, we'll, we'll find out in a second. Anyway, maybe you should mute yourself when our caller is doing you the great service of shouting out sponsors on broadcast. And he's gone. <laughs> very, very um, sorry. Yeah, Continue. Just shout out to Doublelift for um being being really good at his job for years, yep. basically. Thank you so much for the call. Thank you. 
Mark, my do you want to share with the class? Walked up un under the table. I have my knee up, and so like my foot's kind of like hanging off the lip of my chair. And he just came up and just started rubbing his face on my stinky foot, and he was loving it. And I, it tickled a little bit, and it looked really cute. And it was kind of like, dude, that can't smell good. It was, a, it was a triple threat that made me giggle a little bit. Do you do uh, cat TikToks, Mark? I don't do any TikToks, um, but if I did, they would all be cat things. I posted my second way. TikTok in this past week, and it popped off. What does that mean? Tell, tell me the numbers. I want, Six, I want analytics. 6,000 views, even though I only had like 130 followers when I posted it. So I feel like that's pretty good. What was it? It was a, a meme about <laughs> Peter retiring. Oh. And yeah. Wow. Anyway. listening to this job. Yeah, really cool. Really, really, really cool. Right. As great as your fucking cat rubbing its face against your foot. Where really, this is, oh, he left. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, Moonfish, thank you for the uh, subs. Max Strickton, thank you for the five gifted subs. Jay, thank you for the prime. Jordan gifted a sub. Uh, Nimguzippi, Norvek, Yesterdog, Haramos, uh, Purple Ray Q, Inuber. I think I got Inuber. Horny Jill for Kaisa sent 500 bits, which, by the way, somebody somebody decried that name in the in the YouTube comments. Someone had said, to explain to their grandma. Yeah, oh, you saw that comment as well, yes. Yeah, like, yeah. Now I have to explain to my grandma what Horny Jail for Kaiser. I'm not sure I believe that, but thank you uh, to everybody. Renny the Croc, Medic, mm. who hit us up with a 10-month sub. Appreciate it, Medic. And Smoke Dog. Oh, Medic, congrats on all the success you've been having in the... Um, what the the Hades, Hades? speedrunning yeah. thing? That's pretty cool. Uh, Vasily, thank you, uh, Vasily, for joining the show. Where do you want to talk, or where are you calling from? Hi, I'm calling from Airfield, Connecticut. Airfield, Connecticut. Is there an Fairfield? Airfield? Sorry, where Fairfield? <laughs> Fairfield. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. What? Uh, interesting. What do you want to talk about on the show? <laughs> All right. Uh, so I think that. Basically, Sword Art joining PSM is Uni's last chance to ever like win NA or have any sort of success in NA. And I think if this TSM roster doesn't do well, Uni's either gonna retire or he's gonna be on like ninth, tenth place teams again forever. I do agree that here's where I will agree. I will agree. Will agree. This is a shocking redemption opportunity for Huni. because I did not think he was gonna get another one. Um, and I don't mean that to slam him. It's just like. He rarely do you see players who have a lot of success drop off for a while, play on some teams that do not place very well, and end up not playing on those teams for a while, and then yeah, suddenly end up back on like a, a LCS finals contending roster, right? Or one of the big three. Like that, I don't think anyone could have predicted this um, for for Huni. Other than perhaps, so, so the one thing I'll go to bat for Huni as well on is that pretty much every player, when he's getting slammed by the community about this stuff, pretty much every pro I see, at least tweeting about it, is like he's not bad, you know. So I think behind the scenes, they might have a different different feel on him. You're saying pro play? I have not seen. I'm not disagreeing with you. I just I have not seen this before. You're saying it's pro not like players overwhelming kind of bat for him. I, I I've seen a, a fair amount of pro players. Not like, not like a ton, but people would be like, you know all these people judging Huni or whatever, you know, like thinking he's washed, like you're idiots kind of thing. I've seen a couple of those kind of takes. Because the thing I consistently think about with this Huni news is like, I think it could have just as easily been Hanser. Like, I'm not saying that these teams, like I, some people are going to argue Hanser's is good. Some people are going to say Huni's way better and Hanser's washed. I don't, whatever. I'm not interested in that conversation. But like, 
I don't. I think people would be about equally surprised to see Hanser end up on that team as they are seeing Huni end up on that team. And the fact that Hanser is not playing, like you just as easily could have seen Huni not start and seen Hanser on TSM is my whole point, right? Like it's just crazy that this is kind of the world where it's like either could have not started at all or ended up on this like insanely popular, you know, final finals contender team. So it's just wild to me to see this. Um, and I'm happy for him. He's a great guy, great personality for the, the league, but it, it is pretty wild. Um, to the caller's point about like sword art and stuff, like I do think weirdly enough that while the talent lost from double if is probably going to be worse for, I mean, I don't, who knows how lost is going to do, but at least on, on purely uh, established talent level, I, you know, it's a downgrade, but I could see a world where this does work better to a stronger topside playstyle. though. They did already do that with, um, Broken Blade last split, so I don't think that, you know, Double Lift necessarily couldn't. Um, but I think Sword Art would roam more than Bio did. Bio, Bio actually didn't roam a ton. They weren't always the most effective. So I think, you know, Sword Art might, might have been out of, out of lane a little bit more going forward. Uh, but maybe this makes it a little bit easier when there's less strong opinions on how to play the game. Um, I assume Spiegel will be pretty lax. He seems like a, a pretty chill dude. Uh, Huni, from what I know, has has relatively strong opinions. Double F have relatively strong opinions. I'm sure Poe has has decently strong opinions, just based off how he talks about his builds and things like that. He seems like you know he he has a way he wants to play. So maybe taking out a cook in some regard will will help. Even though Lost, as far as I know, in Academy did like play, preferred playing strong side, I believe. Um, but um, I mean, can I he's at least less of a, a voice? Can I hijack this conversation a little bit to say? This is an insane year for TSM. Like, they have lost. Like, literally the fact that Spica... Sorry, no pun intended. Literally the fact that Spica is the longest standing member of this team is crazy. TSM has historically always had just, like, they, like their turnover rate in most roles is not that high. They retain talent. You know, Jungle, as I know, the defense against... But, like, they've retained talent for many years at a time. And the, the talent that they had were, like, huge names, you know. I just, like, this is definitely the craziest year for TSM. And I am so fascinated to see how it goes. I don't know. I'm curious if they bleed a ton of fans before the start of the split. I'm curious what if people so, are willing to stick with it. I don't know. Yeah, to, to that point, I think they had three top laners. Dyrus, Haunter, Broken Blade. I think they had three uh, three eighty carries, uh, Chaos, Wild Turtle, Double Lift. Right, and then they had two mids and well, Sven too. Sven, right? Sven was the other. Oh, Sven, Sven, I forgot Sven. Okay, Don't so worry, I'm here to fill in the gaps on the league. Yeah, Alan. the Rain Man, uh, not LCS. Period, though. Um, Chaos at least played before he got benched in the LCS. Um, but yeah, jungle and support were the two roles that always fluctuated quite a lot. Oh, Kabi. Okay, Jesus Christ, there's more ADs than I thought too. Okay. But okay. if you told, let's put it this way, I I, I don't have the stats on, on in front of me. I guess I'd have to ask Tim or something. But I I would bet money that TSM is the the roster that has changed the least over the years. Has had the fewest number of players, especially if you discount jungle, um, over any other team. Like the most stable, I guess. And so the fact that they are this is one of the most stable teams that is just like blowing up is. Um, is bonkers, and I'm so curious to see how that affects the organization. I'm so curious how that affects to TSM fandom, especially because I don't have the data to support this, but certainly it feels anecdotally like TSM fans 
constitute the largest amount of like a casual fan base, right? Like if you expand out the LCS fan base pool from uh, just like the Redditors and stuff, and I know TSM has a huge fucking subreddit and they're really popular amongst the hardcores, but I think casual players are very likely to be, or casual fans are very likely to be TSM fans. And so it's just, I'm, I'm curious how much of those casual fans are retained, casual TSM fans, et cetera. So I don't know. I, it's going to be really curious um, to sort of see how this goes. Every, everybody, I love it whenever I suggest uh, something and people just shout out other teams randomly. C9 has seen a ton of change over the years. Um, C9 was, was one of the best orgs at changing talent while still performing highly. Yeah, for a couple of years, they had a very stable roster. Um, and then they started doing, they. I mean, the meme for recently has been that Jack gets great talent and then trades them all off and loses the offseason. So it's crazy to me that the chat is like, well, C9 is a... Uh, anyway. Also, I mean, there was tons of memes when Reaper, you know, benched everybody. Everybody got all mad. So they've yeah. always had the willing. Yeah. Other teams don't. Uh, CLG's not it either, guys. Sorry. Um, anyway. <laughs> uh, so I guess, sorry, what was our original topic? We were talking about Sword Art. I just want to talk a little bit more about Sword Art. Oh, yeah. And why sorry. I think he's critical to the Hooney thing. Go for it. Because this is like based, based slightly off of third hand intervention, basically. But so I heard Whippo talking, basically. I guess from his conversation with Reckless, and he said that in Fnatic, a lot of the times, Rainover was the one forcing Huni to take the resources and carry. So Huni wouldn't ask for that much. He'd just sort of do his thing, and Rainover would like be like, okay, I'm going to camp your lane, and you're going to carry this game super hard. So I think, so Sword Art is a really strong voice, and he definitely was important in Suning's like, world's run. And I think that Rainover's style is going to give the potential for Huni to find the sort of form he had before, where he was actually world-class and not just sort of messing around in NA. I think having that strong veteran presence is going to be way more important than Huni just having, like, decent players around him. Like, I mean, some of, like, on, like, Clutch, for instance, yeah, he occasionally was carrying games, and they ultimately worlds. But I don't think that really anyone on that clutch roster had the sort of authoritative voice that Sword Art can bring and that can unlock Huni. I don't know if I buy the take that there needs to be like a veteran or authority voice to unlock Huni. Uh, I don't know. I just yeah. I'm not sure if I'm I'm in on that. Yeah, I think I'm. I I don't know if I I'm like. I mean, you want to talk about they had great synergy, they worked together, Rainover had a good feel for when, you know, he could carry games. I buy all that, you know, but I don't think it's, like, without a voice like that, Huni wasn't good at it. Because, oh. like, on those clutch days, Lyra actually had the highest jungle proximity in the league, um, and he often went top, and Demonte went top a fair amount. He was, he was pretty active on roaming and things like that. Like, they definitely had, you know, a play style that catered to Huni a fair amount. And... Um, you know, if you're going to snowball topside, having a really smart jungler doing that is a huge factor. It's also 2v1s back then. And I can say, having played against them and watched their scrims and uh, whatnot, like, they were just smarter about the fucking game back then than a lot of the other teams were. Um, they knew how to snowball topside in 2v1 situations, 1v1 situations, you know, like, whatever the map situation was, they knew how to exploit you. And they were really good at it. Even when he went with Pobelter... Uh, when they were on the Immortals squad, you know, like, I 
it's a different game. So I don't even know how how much that that can really translate. Um, but I do agree having a, a roaming support like Sword Art will in, enhance this. What we are assuming to be will be TSM's playstyle. Yeah. I, I, to me, part of it is I just think that Huni has, I mean, throughout his career, even a little bit on Fnatic, but a lot less so. He's always been inconsistent, right? And so I think. I don't know exactly how I want his, but like, let's like, obviously, Power of Evils are raw. I don't think anybody's going to doubt that. The guy doesn't lose lane basically ever. And I think having the Pendate, I think having Sword Art as like that roaming support, if he builds good synergy with Spica, which I guess is like sort of like an asterisk, if, if Spica and Sword Art can't work together, then you're not going to get anywhere. But I think they have the ability to, to make Huni into a more consistent player rather than somebody who's known for for overextending all the time and just sort of randomly dying sometimes, even on champions that he's skilled on, like, gangplank or whatever. Yeah, I mean, Sword Art or not, I do think... I agree with your initial take, or at least the, the non-Sword Art component of it, which is this is kind of like a do-or-die year for Huni. If Huni ends up getting traded or, like, they have to pull in a different top laner halfway through the year or something, that's it's going to be tough, I think, for him. I think people will feel like he's had a lot of chances over the past couple of years and then wasn't able to deliver, so... I am, I am curious for sure to see how things go. And maybe you're right. Maybe Sword Art is the the, the missing key for it. I don't know. Uh, anyway, is there anything that you want to shout out before we move on to our next caller? Sure. So first of all, I want to use my platform to beg Riot for the OGN format to come back in some way because it was great. And also, while we're in Double Ifs Eulogy episode, I want everyone in chat who's a new fan to go watch the old Sheriff Caitlin interview uh, because it was hilarious. Oh, man. Very good. Well, thank you so much for the call. That's Thank you. I could definitely be burned from the internet. You want to grab our next caller, Mark? Yeah. Living in Tomorrow, thank you for the Prime. Bronze Star, thank you for the 100 bits. Cap'n Slugger, thank you for the Prime. And Dr. Noli, thank you for the two months as well. How are you doing, Kelby? I'm doing great. Now I'm just thinking about Peter's infamous sup from oh, yeah. the, from the interview that was referenced. Indigo Fog, thank you for the nine months. Uh, thank you to everybody who's subbing. I appreciate it. It's nice to uh, nice <laughs> to see the support, you know? It's painful to see a lack of it. So when people do so, Pirate Noodles is here. Pirate Noodles, wait, have you been on recently, or did you? What? Why do I know your name? Yeah, I was on uh, last week. Okay, uh, where are you calling from? California. California. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show? Pretty much uh, with the loss of there's like sneak double lift. I think. You are, and you're cutting in and out a little bit. Sneaky, sneaky Bjerg. Is it better now? Yeah, it's better, I think. Keep going. Okay. So, with the loss of players like Sneaky, Doublelift, Bjerg, LCS will be able to appeal to maintain fan bases to the same degree as in the past. With the league losing a lot of turnovers, um, there's no real reason for Corboy over as there is no city or st- um, orgs or teams like there are in traditional sports with Steelers and Lakers always having a really consistent base because of the city they're in. Sorry, it sounds like you're saying it's going to, you did cut out a little bit still, but it sounds like you're saying um, that there there's not 
there's not a great way to retain the fans because the fans are not attached to cities or whatever. So we might see like a pretty big fan dip because these, these big names are leaving. Yeah. I think the thing that made up for it in the past was franchise players kind of acting as a glue and keeping the viewers entertained. But with them moving out of the scene, um, it's going to be very hard for the teams to maintain the viewers uh, that they're able to keep. I want to throw this to Kelby and sort of get his take again because you you follow a lot of different esports. You used to be running one of these orgs. So what what do you kind of think of all this? Uh, I've always personally hated the idea of attaching sentiment to teams in esports uh, in a similar vein that we do for traditional sports, where where teams are you know a lot of your fandom is prescribed. Uh, based off of where you grew up regionally and like the the team that you're supporting and stuff, I also don't necessarily think that. While I think that Bjerg and Peter and Sneaky and like you know these really prolific players and big personalities in the league scene leaving like hurts in the short term. Uh, there are still fans who follow NALCS who follow the league, and there is an opportunity now for new voices to come in and fill these spots and to to take the fans that these guys have, have left behind. I don't think that because you're a Doublelift fan and Doublelift retires, you instantly lose all attraction or appeal in watching NALCS. You know what I mean? That, but you, you certainly are probably looking for somebody new to follow and become a fan of. I think that the league, uh, the league's popularity and team's popularity is the, the same that it's always been. The state of the game, how many people are playing in the base, what is, how is like you know the game being supported by the owners and Riot, uh, and and I don't see, I don't see league falling off because I don't think that there is a real competitor uh, in in the short term. I think that Valve has made it incredibly apparent over time, and not that like Dota is in a position to challenge league really, but like. Va Valve is clearly not out there to contest, and uh, until like until League loses its luster or attraction uh, from from the audience base and player base, like you go on Twitch, like League is still in the top of the directory, not like the number one spot, but in like you know the top three or five slots, like all the time. And until the game is not popular anymore, I think that it will it will still obviously re retain a strong audience and there's going to be an opportunity for the the speakers and other people uh in the scene to to take the the fans that sneaky and Bjerg and, and peter left behind here here's what I, I will say oh go ahead mark actually uh yeah i was gonna take the other side a little bit i mean i i agree that like someone who is interested in the scene doesn't suddenly disappear because their favorite player retired and i also agree about the point about lack of competition uh from other major esports but I will say, I think some people do drift away slowly. It's like, you know, drowning. Like you need like a life raft to cling onto when the, your, your player that was kind of your, your main focus disappears. And if there isn't one, I think people don't necessarily go to Dota or something, but they just start, you know, doing other things. Like I, I know I used to watch way more streams than I do now. And it's not like I don't play games. I just don't watch those streams anymore yeah. um and so like i think what would happen more likely is that like people just start reading books or they go watch more anime or, you know like you just fill your time in a different way um not necessarily like you go to another game so I, I could see a world where losing literally your two most popular players in the league 
getting a new one. And uh, oh, oh, I just I saw that. I see it. CoreJJ, thank you for the raid of two thousand people. That's very hey. hype. I, you know what? I mean, I'm, I'm there's your savior that, right there of the North yeah, Core American JJ is the reason games. LCS will continue to survive. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna carry this. Actually, I mean, in the off season, he's been really good at doing all these. Uh, any 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 pro games. player who raids our stream will instantly be touted as the savior of North America. Uh, we'll be talk clear, about I think how much people need to follow them. Core is like the only one to do it in like 50 episodes or something. So <laughs> um, we're wide open for selling out. Yes. Uh, I. Uh, so I'm going to fit kind of somewhere in the middle. My biggest concern is fan sentiment towards LCS, the product right now is pretty poor. Uh, I think this year was a really tough year. The fact that, for instance, LEC, and some of this is like not necessarily even LCS's fault. The fact that LEC, LEC was able to go into the studio and like do that stuff and then the LCS stream would start and... Uh, but some of it I do think can have been critical of the broadcast and some of the decisions they've made. And I do think, I I bet you the LCS folks really wish they'd had any kind of heads up that Bjergsen and Peter were going to retire this year. Because normally I think this stuff is telegraphed a little bit more in, you know, in traditional sports or whatever. The fact that like nobody I think would have made this prediction at the start of this year. I know I would not have predicted double lifts. And I think Bjergsen seemed even more out of left field. So, um. There is not, there's not been much time to prepare other names. The LCS leaned heavily on Bjergsen and Doublelift. I mean, I, I did that video today talking about, uh, you know, Old Guard retiring, what it means, and the fact that we've had so many people shift over. And, like, there's just tons of footage I was able to find from, like, 2019 Summer Finals. And, like, these guys kept winning. The fact that Peter was at all these finals just meant that, like, the narrative, the story was so much about these two guys, and we haven't really done a great job of building up alternatives or other stars. And and to be fair, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that point. But to be fair, a lot of the narratives, even for newer players, like dug into these other players. You know, like when Stixay came up, for example, it was that oh, he replaced Doublelift, and he was a, his yeah. hero was Doublelift, and he got to play him in the finals, and he beat him, and like Tasco replaced Doublelift, and they get to play, and right. like you know, like so much of the other players' stories are tied to the the longer standing players so it's well and they'd go like, off and you're, do you're these, out from under the shadow now these big drive episodes and then the player would not compete it would be like <laughs> like Domonte would have this great year goes to worlds and then spring would start and he's not on a starting roster or golden glue or Acadian. like you could go look yeah. at these drive episodes i think we should have known that perhaps bjergsen was retiring when they did a drive episode on him uh, i think at the start of this year and so it's like, it, it, it. I also don't even entirely fall. I mean, I think, again, the broadcast can be making, there's a lot of opportunity right. content-wise, but some of the narratives have just unfortunately not panned out. And so I I think it is very lucky for LC. I think two things. One, it is very lucky for LCS and like the, in terms of the, the broadcast and Riot and all the people that are doing this that Cloud9 and TSM and TL did go big because you can kind of think of Sword Art, Perks, and Alfari as the new new Pokemon starters, right? Like, yeah, we lost Doublelift and Bjergsen, but now these are the, the big three kings that are coming from over internationally while we're also building up rookies like FBI Tactical Speaker. Um, but I, I also think, look, LCS has to fucking step up to the plate and change some of the opinions of the product itself. I don't think that Riot can, you know, overnight fix the competitive side 
but people need to feel like the content next year is way better than it has been. And they need to feel like the branding is big. And like a lot of the stuff that LCS is doing is making you know the right changes and the content is good and all that stuff. Because right now people are not necessarily happy with the broadcast as it is. So um, I think, I think, I think that's the big thing is like, I agree with Kelby. There's big opportunities here for LCS to continue being really big. That being said, the time that LCS can sort of rest on its laurels and ride the highs of yesteryear is completely over. You got to start really rebooting. So, yeah, I think I to add on that. I think especially in North America, as a reflection of the player base, I I believe, and based on my own anecdotal experience, that player base is the largest single contributing factor to viewership of an of an esports title. We are behind Europe, we are behind China, we are behind Korea in terms of active players, talent that is coming into our own ecosystem, and in turn, I think uh, attention and demand and viewership for our products. So LEC did a tremendous job. I think that you're right, Travis, that uh, the the LCS product in general like will only benefit from from being better, but as long as League is a successful title, I think it will have it will have fans that watch it. And as if people stop playing the game, like I stopped watching LCS when I stopped playing it. I it's it's very very difficult to continue to have the same level of engagement as a fan that you do when you're actively playing the title. Especially like you can step away from Rocket League and come back, and the game's the same. I lived with a pro team for two years, had a despite our success uh had a very high level understanding of like the game and how it operated and like i'm gone for like a year from the game and coming back it's just like it's a completely different viewership experience i watched a shit ton of worlds this year but my viewership experience is fundamentally different than what it was when i was actively playing the game and i'm i'm not i'm still a fan i'm still watching to a certain degree but but not nearly the same as when i was playing league you know what i mean yeah so yeah. Uh, pirate noodles again. Sorry, we've we've hijacked your take a little bit, but do you do you have any thoughts on any of this stuff? The one thing that I want to say is I'm interested in how the teams are going to react to this. Um, like you guys said, a couple of the teams are just using their to kind of buy new franchise players like perks, but there's other teams like um, FlyQuest who are kind of trying to brand themselves as like this environmental team, which I think. Is, and they're kind of using different um, ways to appeal to different people. And that, I think, is a good way of kind of building up their brands and um, creating some sort of hype around their teams. Yeah. Yeah. Pirate, Pirate Noodles, I would say one of the things that I really like about FlyQuest and liked originally about EG coming to League is a team actually trying to establish a brand and be a differentiating factor in the market compared to what is the difference between C9 and TSM and Team Liquid and CLG? Like, from a brand value and perspective. Like, uh, they're, they're really not that different. EG was like, we're going to be the bad guys. We're going to be evil. We're going to... And then, like, they just kind of walked away from it, is, <laughs> is my feeling. Like, they, they're like, oh, we're, like, the friendly bad guys now. Uh, and, like, cool and stuff. But, like, FlyQuest has very clearly chosen a lane that they're sticking to and like doing thematic pushes across all of their stuff for their content 
and like you know what this org stands for. They have like they have a very solid brand that they are that they are attaching themselves to. I think that other you're absolutely right that other esports orgs could really benefit from doing the same sort of exercise. And it's not it's not easy to do, but I think that you know uh, FlyQuest is like a great example of somebody who has benefited from it tremendously. Yeah. Even even teams like Dignitas and Immortals, I fear, are becoming the the new old FlyQuest, where it's just like, what what is Dig? What is Immortals? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Diamond, now a FlyQuest player in chat says, go green, hashtag live green. Uh, I don't know if live green is that you need to, there might be some brand lessons you need to take on the FlyQuest side, Diamond, because I don't, I don't think live green is. Anyway, Pirate Noodles, thank you so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we move on to our last caller? Shout out uh, Riot Games for creating such balanced items and doing such a splendid <laughs> job at keeping the game fun as ever. But yeah, that's it. Very good. Well, you thank know, you. You know you're a lab rat, right? This is, this is what preseason is. If you choose to queue up during preseason, you are signing your, your life away as a little lab rat. Kane oh, one trick. I love it. <laughs> oh, wait. You're fucking stoked. You can't yeah, complain. exactly. Both of them are broken. Like, it's great. Thanks, thanks so much. Thanks so much, Pirate. See you. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. All right, on to our last caller. Thank you to Core for the raid, uh, Doctor Noli, Indigo Frog, the Idea PC, Easy Stay Safe, and Irish Blizzard for the thirteen months. If you came in on the Core JJ raid and you don't know what the show is, it is a call-in show wherein Mark and myself and usually a guest take calls from the community. So the voice that you're hearing that is not indicated on the screen is a caller. Uh, we a appreciate, yeah, we appreciate you being here uh, as much as I appreciate Kyle 0808 for gifting eight subs and getting himself to 850 gifted subs lifetime. Jesus. One of whom he gifted to the Shant the Chandrian, which is a, a reference from a book series that will never be finished. Rai is here. Rai, where are you calling from? Uh, the Bay Area. The Bay Area. What do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, so I was going to talk about um, the other uh, caller just prior brought it up, you know, two great minds think alike. Uh, talking about definitely how the fan base in NA is going to go down for a lot, especially like OG uh, viewers. Um, and then especially because my friend and I were talking about how we kind of hate NA right now because we consistently just keep on importing a bunch of people. And it's like it's hard to want to root for these teams when you look at them and you're like, is this an NA team or is this an import team? Like, I'm going to be blunt. The only reason why I rooted for TL was because they had D uh, double lift. And then they had, okay, so they had, um, I didn't mind Olay. Xmithy was cool. They had Poe Belter for sure. And they had Impact. Not bad. Then slowly you kick out Xmithy. Oh, no, sorry. You kick out Poe Belter for, no, you kick out Olay for core. Yeah, he's amazing, but he's still an import, okay? Then you kick out X Smithy for Psygrade Brock, so then you kick out Pole Belter for Jensen. Yeah, they're better, but it's like, you're not an A, and it just hurts. Did you, you know? think Ole was an A? Say again? Did you think Ole was an A, North America? It, no, it was like, I guess more so, it was his personality and why yeah, so many people enjoyed Ole. Sure. It was yeah. like, he actually tried to be assimilate to the culture. He tried to respect it. He still kept himself being like, Korean, but Do you he think Core JJ doesn't to... respect our culture? Okay, Say let's, not, let's come on. Uh, I'm, I'm interpreting the, 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 the NA, not the specifics. I, I understand yeah. the spirit yeah. of 
this is our server. These are the people who came up and, you know, are trying to bring pride to our region playing well. And it's not people who are chasing the fatter paycheck or, you know, even if you want yeah. to be a, a less pessimistic view. Yeah, they're great players, but they're they're not, you know, from the North American server. They're people who are kind of carrying us in a sense. Like, we're not doing it ourselves. It's this these other guys who we're relying on kind of thing. Exactly. And, like... I just I kind of hate that. It's because yeah, money talks. Yeah, they're better, etc. But and NA is very diverse. Yeah, so but in a way, it's kind of like can, it's just can we raise up these talents that we've seen that we actually do have great NA talent? We're just not giving them a chance in a realistic aspect. Like the one of the callers said, Spika, he did not have a great chance. Who expected some rookie coming on first time going in the finals? Like. What do you expect from him? Yeah, he came out great, but like back then, that was such a hard position to put him in. And I have to say, just because Twitch chat was was joking about this at the beginning, you, this is you, indeed not tapping, speaker right? calling. <laughs> what is that noise? Oh, Ray? oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Rai, can you not tap whatever you're tapping? We can we can hear it. Oh, sorry, that's my mom. I was just oh. yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, mute when you're not cooking then. Um, so. The other, yeah, apparently this is not Speaker hype, hyping himself up just to verify that yeah. because some people were, were joking that you sound a little bit like Speaker at, at the start of the call. Okay, I, I want to start off by saying that I love this caller's energy and take. I, I think that this is the, the go-to caller of the night. I also really strongly agree with his assessment and opinion. There are team owners present in the NALCS who will not be named, but are publicly on the record as saying that they don't feel that uh, imported rosters in a North American environment are a hindrance uh, to the popularity of a team, which I vehemently disagree with to an extreme degree. I think that we have seen across the history of multiple esports titles, StarCraft most notably, uh, that while I think that uh, I said earlier that the subscription of like localized uh, region fandom for traditional sports doesn't work in, in, in eSports, I think that nationality is a very strong pulling factor for regions and, and fandom. I think it would be a tremendous mistake for the NALCS to lift import restrictions and to allow full import rosters. Some imports, absolutely great. As, as the caller mentioned, America, one of the great things about this country, the few remaining, anyways, not to, <laughs> on that path, um, it's a melting pot, right? There are so many diverse cultures and backgrounds and everything represented in this country. I think that, you know, we, we shouldn't necessarily strive to be like Europe and have like zero imports or something like that. But to allow, if you allowed full import rosters, how quickly and how many of the top teams do you think would shell out for full import rosters? I do not think it would be a good idea for the popularity of the league. I think you really need to have a path for local talent to become big players in your scene or you lose your region's identity and like what the the na memes just become so much worse at least we go and we fail with like our own talent on the world stage what if we are just paying tens of millions of dollars a year for full import rosters that just fucking go and fail internationally like it's it it takes the current issues of this region and just multiplies it i 
I, I, I agree fully. I fucking hate the idea of so many players in the region becoming imported now, or the idea of import restrictions being... I, to bring I, up that point, I see Jack in the that... chat who is disagreeing with this. I know, I... because Jack is the guy who is publicly on the record that I, I was referencing. Well, that's what I was going to say, is I... <laughs> I mean, he's not the only one, to be fair. I think Steve yeah, yeah, also yeah. said this on, on the Thorn interview. Um, I don't... No offense to, to Jack, but I don't want uh, LCS to be... I don't know what his current Overwatch team is. But his first Overwatch team, the Spitfire, were five Korean players playing for London. That just... I, I have a hard time with that. Like, I I get that that roster was probably pretty good competitively, but they won, I... They won a championship. I would struggle to... Is my mic... My mic is clipping? It's no. clipping for me. I don't know if this okay. can help me. Sorry, I was trying to... I think it's sneaky about that. I... I I liked LMQ a lot. I am happy that LMQ is not a thing anymore. I think it's actually really great. I, I love the diversity of the LCS. I think it is actually an asset to us yeah. that you can have these teams that are composed of players from all over the world. I, I quite like that. I think it's stupid or silly. Ryan, I don't know if this was kind of your take. Um, uh, Ryan, I just saw you mute yourself. But I don't know if, it was, if your argument was going to be that like we should just not have any imported players. But I like when we have a lot of different players from different regions and it's fun and you get like this this diversity and uh, cultures and it's i don't know i just think it's really tough if like what what happens if we lift these restrictions and the three teams we send to worlds are 15 korean players or 10 korean players and five chinese players uh all on you know these on separate teams like i it just becomes really hard i think for for fans to connect with that and i don't think that that is we all have our different answers to the problem. I would argue, no offense to Jack, that it is a lazy answer to the problem. To just say the way to solve this is just to import five players from another region. I'll let I'll let Rye hop in here a little bit um, to give his counter, but then I, I'll have my own counter as well. Sure. Yeah, sorry. Uh, sorry that my mom was cooking in the background and I had to mute. I didn't want to... You're good. You're, good. You're fine, dude. Uh, Basically, like, I, I would agree. I was about to bring up LMQ. Like, I remember when I saw that, I was just so confused. Uh, and I would agree with Travis. Like, I don't want, like, to not import. Because it, in a way, kind of does bring a little difference to the league. But the way we're importing is more of like, oh, my God, this guy's the best player ever. Let's give him a million dollars and him come over. Every single time. We saw that with Piglet. We see that right now with Perks. And it's also, it's like, we again have said, we've been side-grading. It's like, we're not really upgrading because we don't take in consideration the communication with English and stuff. And I guess that's where it's just like, I guess I, it, it just hurts where, again, like, I see so many players that are just equally as good. Mm -hmm. uh, like, we were talking about Hanser and Huni earlier, that it, it, they could have been on the same, they, uh, he could have been on TSM, you know? And I think definitely one thing I was rooting for TSM again was not because of double lift was because it did feel like that 2016 roster again where it was like, oh my god, except for, you know, Spence Garen, we had an NA roster that could represent NA, that is from NA, that can do well for NA. <laughs> That's essentially See, I, I care less about that. So I, I would disagree with you on a couple of things here. I think Core JJ is not a side grade. I think when we brought Bjergsen over, he was not a side grade. I don't think Jensen is a side grade. I think there are great examples of players who are not side grades perks and alfari 
are not going to be side grades. I do agree sometimes LCS owners, probably not the, the smarter uh, LCS owners, have a tendency to bring over random-ass players from <laughs> other regions that, like, have not had domestic success there and then continue to not have domestic success here. And, uh, and that is a little questionable. But I would, I mean, I don't think that's any different than picking up a player who is washed in the LCS, you know what I mean? Or a player who hasn't had success for a while. So I would ask you this, right? There are several teams next year that are going to be running players that are all North American residents. Are you excited for those players? Because you seem a little skeptical on like, you know, the teams for like Jack for getting perks and people like that. Well, yeah, for sure. I would definitely agree. And like... I guess, to be honest, it's because, you know, I've definitely been a long-time double fan since Season 2. Um, definitely been following you and then remembering Kelby and stuff and Marks as well and everything. And just all the OG. So we're, like, in a way, I think it's kind of me, like someone was saying, the generation switch. That's the part of me trying yeah. to let that go. I am rooting for, in a way, because they got someone who, again, was a, not, I don't want to say bottom-tier region, but on the lower end, brought up Jose Diodo, and they have an NA roster. I'm rooting for the underdogs. I always like the underdogs because no one's expecting them to like do super well. And the only thing I just wish that FlyQuest, which could have done well when they sat Wild Turtle, talk about how him being an NA ADC that everyone's forgetting about. Like, I wish they did more for the fan content. Like, did got kicked off TSM, didn't really do it well, always bought up, and then all of a sudden came up to finals and I then did beat TSS. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I mean, they did try to do a lot of stuff with Turtle. I mean, their content just wasn't wasn't that great, or like wasn't received well. Um, what I'll say, okay, I'm 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 going to take the other side, and it's not me just playing devil's advocate 100. percent Like I think what Travis is saying about how there's some players that he would look at that get imported that are basically the same as like the washed pro, like the guy, like oh my god, I can't believe he's getting another shot kind of thing. That's how I look at a lot of like through the same lens. Like there's a lot of questionable roster moves that gms make over the course of the year and it's some are related to imports some aren't um the ones that do come over that we're excited about i think actually add a ton to the scene and like they're not going to appeal to every fan there is the people who care more about the domestic scene and those kinds of things there's also teams who just want to compete and want to have hype and like sword art who the fuck knows if tsm is going to be great with sword art are tsm mm -hmm. are people just not excited that sword art's joining the league are people not just excited that alfar is joining the league that Perks is joining the league. Like, there's a level of hype and excitement that North America manages to win the offseason in a lot of ways in terms of conversation pieces that Europe usually doesn't. Like, we always take with... the EU players after yeah. they take our hope at Worlds. Yeah, and that like... was that was a great meme for a long time. Like, and it was good. I think it adds to the region. You're right, Mark. Yeah, Sorry. yeah. Like, so, yes, yeah, so, like I think the, these players, as long as it's a smart import that the, the, they're making, it should level up the region assuming these players come over and want to try and they're, and they're playing well, it should increase fan engagement because, hey, this hype new-ass player is is joining our league and our scene. This is someone now that I can latch on to. I think it's, it's all upsides if people do it well. I think the grandfathering of of some players was a mistake in hindsight. Um, not people like Bjergsen and Jensen who like basically declared, I'm an NA resident of all time, but some of the things that happened with Impact uh, and, and some players who like, I played for four years, now I'm North American when they never really felt like an NA pro uh, to, to the caller's Phoenix. point about some of these things. Like, yeah. like I think that has, has led to some awkward teams, like a, like Team Liquid now, which is like four imports, basically. And I think Jensen maybe doesn't really count because he's, he's basically always been an NA. But like, 
that feeling that can kind of exist is, is maybe a mistake, but the overall use of imports, I agree with. I agree with the, I think it was John Needham, the head of esports for North America, saying he doesn't want NA to be an import league. I think it's head, not head really global, working right now. Which, by the way, is, is an import, just as an aside, it was very confusing when he did that because he's not actually in charge of North America, so he's just sort of <laughs> saying a general statement about a thing that is unrelated yeah. to him. I mean, he, he has influence, but it's like, really confusing with to anybody who understands the way that riot out, outlines the stuff that like he would it yeah, yeah. created a lot of problems i think and, and then like the, the thing with oceania coming in and basically becoming north america yeah. as well as this big disconnect between like well you can tell me they're a north american player but like a fan might not feel that way you know true um so like i i'm i'm a little bit i like i'm pro the idea of I- importing i like the idea that like you can have two on your team the grandfathering has made it awkward. The the sudden influx of oceanic talent that is now just considered North America, despite the fact that most fans have no fucking clue who half these players are, even if they're good players. You know, like I like yeah, a lot of them. Yeah, but nobody knows who like yeah. Niles is. Yeah, I but at least not hear about him until off season. I agree. You know, rookies or whatever, but it doesn't feel like a hype import. It just feels like this guy who, if you are a fan of North America, you might have been following Niles, or you might have been following, I mean, fucking Tom Shu with Yasui or whatever. You know, like. I can understand people in Rye's position who are wanting to see more North American talent given a shot that this doesn't feel like they're going to get their time. I can understand that position, but I think there's fans on the other side who I am, which is like, I just want the best players we can get without going full-blown. We're just Korea's B team with worse infrastructure. So, but, you know, but like, that's why like you like the current. Are saying the same thing. We're, we're all yeah. saying we like the current system and we don't want to see changes to it, yeah. right? Yeah. Right. We don't want I more think... imports. We don't need less imports. Yeah, and I think yeah. that one thing that I would just like, if maybe we are disagreeing on anything, I don't know we are, Mark, is I worry about a world, NA as a region in terms of player base and developing talent and stuff, it's all, as we allow more and more imports, I think the current balance is fine, as we take away more and more opportunities for aspiring players to see themselves on the pro stage, because they're like, shit, like every top team is just importing four or five players like what does that do for our region in terms of like competitive desire solo queue health population all that stuff i one of these things i wanted to ask before we came on the call today i think this is like the opportunity to do that travis i brought it up in our channel earlier it's like mark what do you think would happen if damn Juan came over and played the full next year and competed in north america you must have brought this up in a different channel because i don't i don't think um, brought it up in mine. i think that they would absolutely smash um you know C9. i mean when they go to worlds next year right so <laughs> i was getting to that i would say <laughs> yeah, they, they, they would absolutely smash it would be c9 levels of dominance i don't think that they have the drop off um and i think they go to worlds and i think that they probably lose to the best chinese or korean team whoever you know In i don't know which one it is or but, you know. like how far do they yeah. go yeah uh, I, I mean I, probably semis I think... maybe yeah, and, and I, I bring that point up to, to illustrate, or I bring that example up to illustrate the point that I think that regardless of the quality of talent that North America is importing, until the region, from a competitive atmosphere and standpoint, is King Kai's planet level of gravity, we are not going to compete consistently <laughs> on the world stage. Sorry, that was a DBZ reference, Travis. Uh, yeah, maybe some people in the chat will get it. Um, we are not going to compete consistently on the international stage. And so really all you're doing with importing these players 
is, you know, you're creating cool storylines, and it's really fucking hype when Jack goes out and signs perks. Does it, but, you know, Steve had a quote today in a Team Liquid piece about how doing this builds the infrastructure and is like our path for a shot at Worlds, and I like Steve a lot, we are great friends, I think that that is a lie that you have to tell yourself and the public in order to keep on the same path that you are, and that that importing players like this doesn't actually increase your shot at being competitive and winning a world championship. I think that it means that you are more likely to win your region. And maybe you'll go a little bit further, but until North America as a region is competitive in the ways that Europe, China, and Korea are competitive from a practice standpoint, it doesn't fucking matter, dude. Like, you are going to get perks come over, and he will... He will have attrition in skill and game understanding from competing in this region for a year. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I think depending on what the owners are saying, you know, you, you could easily land up going one way or the other. Because if they're saying, hey, we have all these problems and importing doesn't fix any of them, but we still need to do it because it makes us better in the short term, then like that's one take. If people are saying that this is the fix, you know, if, if it's being positioned like that, then I can't get, get on board either. Yeah. I'm, I, I, I guess I would just say everyone should be pretty damn happy with this offseason. I think this is the best possible scenario. I wish we had traded out some of these players earlier, but I think it is good that we have imports that people can get excited about, and I think it is good that we are flipping a lot of the talent. Had I, 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 I think if I was in charge, I would have kept a couple more of these folks in the mix. You know, but we can argue about who, if it's Sneaky, if it's Hanser, if it's whoever. But I I do think, like, look, everyone got what they want. We got some new hype imports. No one would have ever thought we could get perks. You know, they G2 took our chances for TL getting out of groups. We took perks. So, <laughs> ha. And then, and then on... And then, and then uh, we have a bunch of teams that have rededicated themselves to growing the scene. And we have changes that are coming to uh, Academy and Amateur that are meant on expanding and deepening the pool by which we generate people rather than like an Academy scene that you just toss some pros down there and kind of draft somebody from... It's a bench. Yeah, it's like there's there's a lot of really good news this offseason. But to Calby's point, like I, I don't I don't anticipate us winning Worlds next year. Uh, I guess is what I... That's my bold take uh, of the night, is I don't think that... You're fucking crazy, works. dude. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I'll Ryan, just say that also... Oh. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I would just say that, like, at the end, I would love to see any win worlds, but I just don't know if I would ever get behind any winning worlds if it's a full import team. And I would just definitely agree with Travis now. Like, you changed my mind. Definitely, if we're importing, like, top-tier talent, I will then, like... I definitely, yeah, say if it's worth it. And yeah, definitely this offseason just been super great. Right. thank you for that. I have one thing I just remembered. So, actually, two things. One is, uh, C9 sent me a pair of Cloud9 shoes this week that I unboxed on stream. Somebody tweeted at me and said, so much for journalistic integrity. That So that reminds me, I need to go back on... I think Jack is brilliant for, for <laughs> suggesting that we bring in a five imports. Secondly, um, setting that aside the joke, uh, the, the... I remember when I... Uh, Jack said that and i read about it in the reddit comments because you know nobody watches content you just look at the comments 
Um, my thought was it was weird to have that take from Jack. Uh, and maybe he and I will talk about it again in the future or something in some interview or something, or he'll make a joke about it in the Twitch chat in a second ago. Because Cloud9 has historically been the best team at uncovering and finding talent and developing talent and moving players up from their development system. You know, in a, in a world where, like, TSM has relied on legacy players and TL has relied on spending money, I would celebrate Cloud9 for finding a lot of the talent that then ends up on Team Liquid, for instance. And so, um, and so, like, I that's why it was surprising for me to hear that from Jack because, uh, you know, in, in a little bit of a an A2 Brute moment for me because it's like, no, you're supposed to be the development guy. Don't tell me that we need to go import five players because Fudge is in the chat and you've had that guy sitting around waiting to, to take the spot for, you know, Licorice's spot for a while. Well, he's also, he was going to be an import until this year. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, Jack knew. That's how good this guy is at developing. He foresaw OCE's demise oh. and and planned accordingly. Um, and, and, you know, yeah. Him and an arrow. You, him you and can import, the, the you can import and, and develop at the same time. They're not mutually exclusive. Anyway, Rye, thank you so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we uh, wind down the show? Uh, yeah, really quick, I want to shout out you, Travis. I've been following you like with Double Live in season two. I just want to say I think you're such a great person for what you've done for Double Live. Like, just like seeing you, like, you know, put take someone in. I thought that was great. Uh, shout out to also Kelby. Been following you too since that. Um, I don't know about much about Mark, uh, but I definitely <laughs> appreciate how real your takes are. No, I'm serious. Like, it's really dope. <laughs> And last, just want to shout out a couple of my friends, uh, Patrick, uh, David, and then also uh, Caxel. Uh, and also, I love you guys. I really do appreciate. And I do want Speaker to become the next NA talent. I'm rooting for Speaker. <laughs> thanks for calling in, dude. Thanks, you were great. Yeah, thanks. Thanks Good so energy. much, Ryan. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you shouting out my my career because it's now over because uh, Peter so thank you <laughs> no, so much for the call I was going to I was going to say Alienware they've been sponsoring this bull this man has the best content I like every single content of this man and I appreciate Alienware for sponsoring this man because if he stopped making content dude 2020 has been hurtful bro double lip retired Bjerg, uh reckless left fanatic I don't want to hurt anymore please don't don't stop sponsoring my man Travis Gafford the GOAT I promise that when I when when Kelby and I and the sales team go to Alienware, this will this be at the on. end of a video uh, that we sh we show them. Um, Bro, just I, because I, I honestly just want to be a friend. That's all I want. <laughs> all right, this is becoming all right. Yes. Thanks so much for the call. Yes. We got. Thank you. Say, Have a good one. Say hi to your mom, speaker. <laughs> Dude, Rye is coming in the renewal presentation. All right, he is. He's gonna be in the room pitching for sure. I mean, I think you know he made a good point about Travis and in double if on the come up together, kind of at the same time. Travis, I think it's actually very apt if you would just retire as well with him. To, you know, <laughs> no, a lot of the comments the boots at the same time. A lot of the comments on my video about double if retiring were like, "Oh shit, sounds like we're about to have another and uh, uh, our third NA star retire this year, or whatever." And I'm not, I'm not retiring as long as Alienware renews. Okay. That's my commitment. If Alienware renews, I'm going nowhere. I cannot, I literally cannot turn down the amount of money that they are offering me. That would be insane. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, this has been Thanks a show. Thanks for the donation guys. Are we, we need them. Oh, by the way, please, sub. please, <laughs> please, sub. please, sub. 
Uh, Papa Smithy says he will stay for the money. Classic NA talent. So true. So true. Mark, what do you got this week? What do you want to shout out? What's what's coming up? Uh, nothing. It's, it's the off season. It's the dregs. It's the. It's uh. I don't know. I can't even travel for holidays. You know. There's. You know what's so funny? I was talking to to Kobe about this. This this will be this month. Um, out like setting aside the sponsor stuff this will be the month that i make the most money this year because of the youtube stuff from off season and all the twitch stuff and etc um just from like native platforms it is my biggest month because there's all this coverage and all this stuff i'm like working a ton you and kobe and all these other people are just sitting around doing nothing it's so funny the difference in, in well, our our work schedule I'm not doing nothing. You're working on personal projects, but you're not have, you're not doing yeah. like league work or anything like that. Yeah, nothing public facing. Yeah. Anyway, so you got nothing to shout out. No, not not right now. Hopefully someday. What about your Twitter? Year. Can you shout out your Twitter? Yeah, it's on the screen. <laughs> Great. Good job. Uh Kelby, I don't know when the next time we're going to have you on since you're like I have no reason to care about League of Legends anymore now that I'm not going to be a coach. It's nothing to do with coaching. I would, I'm not going back to coaching. No, but it could be something else. Who knows? Everyone should speculate. Yeah. Um, Kelby, I don't know when we're going to have you next on the show. I mean, I'd, I'd love to have you on again in the future, but also you're you're proudly proclaiming your newly found League of Legends abstinence. So, yeah. Uh, Peter, you, you Peter's any... done. I'm done, dude. It, so Pete, Kelby's the actual That's one. That's a real ride or die, homie, right there. Yeah. yeah. Maybe Kelby will come out of retirement for Hotline League in the future, but any final words uh, for the Hotline League audience? Uh, I know that a lot of people really want me to talk about the Chainsmokers, and I would love to talk about the Chainsmokers, but unfortunately, they haven't released music in a <laughs> while. Uh, so, you know, maybe at some point in the future... When, like you know, I watched a shit ton of League this world, so maybe maybe next worlds or something. The Chainsmokers have actually done something worth a worth a damn. Uh, <laughs> well, be careful, okay? You, I'm you gonna get go back again. on the Yeah, blacklist. right. These guys yeah. don't watch the show. Drew, Alex, if you're watching, what the fuck are you doing, dude? Stop making like stop making pop music, okay? Get back in the studio, start cranking out those bangers, those those big progressive. Big room beats that we fell in love with you for, okay? What if, if? Would you rather them not make music or make pop music? Ultimately, all right. I should meme this. More Coldplay collabs. I'm going to give a sincere answer. I think that those guys, as artists, they have they have complete control over the creative rights. They should make whatever they want to make. If they want to make pop music. They don't want to make EDM anymore. That's fine. But in a series shout-out, you guys... If you don't already play nope. Total War, Warhammer <laughs> 2, all right, you can, I found, I found out the secret. You can turn your virginity back in, all right? You can get your virginity back and start playing Total War with me, all right? It's the fucking sickest game. The new DLC drops on Thursday. I've been waiting forever, okay? You should check it out. And if you're looking for Total War content, Fenron Jenkins streams once every six months but when he does, he's he's the goaded Total War Warhammer 2 streamer. Um, yeah, thanks for having me on. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I'll miss Peter. I won't miss League. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll miss watching Peter play League. So. Very good. 
And for me, I've got a bunch of stuff dropping randomly on the channel. I need to just... Oh! What? Never mind. Finish first. I need to just uh, suck it up and do this video I've been wanting to do for the past week. Uh, that is about how... And Kelby would actually like this topic. That the new Valorant esports structure is what all League fans wish the League of Legends structure was. Which I find hilarious. And so I'm planning on doing a video about that. If you're another content creator watching this, you're not allowed to take that idea. I've, I've, I'm claiming, claiming it right now. You can't steal it. Um, so I need to do that. And I've got some other stuff I need to do. Uh, Mark wants to do another book channel video. And uh, we got to figure that out. I, I guess we can, we, can, we can do something. First Law Trilogy. We should do, right now. You know what would be good is we do a video making like suggestions for gifts for the like a gift guide for the book channel. That sounds boring. You should do that. I can't give opinion. Like I want to want to analyze the series. I don't want to be like I What liked... what if we recommend books for people like the some a gift in your life and it's like okay, if you want somebody who's like edgy and kind of like sarcastic, first law. Buy them first law trilogy. That's it's anything by Joe Abercrombie is great. If you want something, if you have somebody in your life that is uh religious and pious, Mistborn, uh, you know, Miss ki kissing is about as uh, as racy as it gets. I mean, minus all the graphic violence in the horrible uh, society. That I've, I, there's I, too many jokes to make here. I'm not going to make any of them. But I anyway. So uh, Mark and I have a gift guide hitting the book channel soon. No, I don't want to sure do a gift guide. I want to do another series or a book, one that we both read. I would Amazon I'm affiliate member. Right now. I need to make recommendations. Um, Make the recommendations on your own, and then let's do a like a review on one one of these. So anyway, uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel. I've been getting a ton of subs, and also go follow my Twitch channel. If you're listening to this right now on Spotify or iTunes or some sort of podcast platform, you're listening to it or watching it on YouTube. Go to my Twitch, Twitch.tv/travisgafford. I've got seven, almost seventy-eight thousand followers. I'd love to hit a hundred k. That would feel good. And go follow my TikTok, Travis Gafford. This has been Hotline League. Shut up. 151. <laughs>